0: From Ben Kennedy's Guzman Y. Gomez franchise. It's the Rugby League Cemetery. Yes, this is the Rugby League Cemetery. Very good to have you with us for another journey through the history of Rugby League. And uh, we're looking today at September 30, 2001, Newcastle 30, Parramatta 24 in front of 90,414 in the first night-time grand final at the, at the Grand Old Girls Stadium, Australia. Uh, a match which uh, is a bit of a quirk of history now because it, you know everybody remembers the, the, the kind of high-level narrative of this game that Newcastle got out to a 24-0 lead. At half time, having been second favourites going into the game, uh, Parramatta had a miracle year in 2001 and didn't win the Premiership. Gazzy, uh, th- there was always a sense when we embarked on this cemetery journey uh, that we would end up here at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. Strap yourself in. Strap yourself in. We're going to be here for a while. Um, I don't want to leave. I've watched this game. I don't want to leave this cemetery. I want to live here. I want to dig myself into the ground. I want you to bury me under 100 foot of dirt and just leave me in 2001. Leave me forever with Johns, Kennedy, Simpson, Baderis, Tahu, all of them. Just leave me there. I don't want to be here in the now anymore. This was yeah, wonderful. This is we wonderful were, times.
0: We were so much happier then. Uh, the, the, the thing to it, – it's. I mean, obviously, the, the, this is – to a certain extent, going to be about Newcastle, but it also has to be about Parramatta a fair bit, right? Like, and we need to get into the, like, we need to sort of draw out what a season they had. Any conversation about this game, you, you have to, can I just run you through this season? You sure can. Parramatta in 2001, 20 wins, four, four losses, two draws, 42 points uh, from from 26 games. So they lost four times all year. They started the season with two from five. So it's scratchy. There's no no hint that this is coming, right? They then have draws in round eight and round 10. They're fifth after round 10. They then win seven in a row. So they're undefeated from round seven to 17 with wins and draws. So they don't lose a single game from April to July. They then lost one. They lose to the Warriors. Then win eight in a row to finish the regular season. So they've gone 15 from 16.
1: It was a remarkable season. I remember it very clearly. They were an absolute juggernaut uh, all year. Uh, well, especially in the back half of the year, but the low point of the project was about fifth, as you said, That's sort of as low as it got. And then it just um, steamrolls. They, they were one of the great modern sides. And it just occurred to me when looking back on this today, and even when you were talking just then, can you imagine um, if this was like, the English Premier League in soccer, how like this? How much this team would be talked about. is like the greatest team ever. Because oh, like, no first, grand first, final. First. Yeah, 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 yeah. This would be the great... They'd be, when they went back every year and said, okay, who's the best side in the Premier League ever? You'd be going, well, what about that Parramatta side yeah. that just didn't lose and, and monstered everyone? This would be the team, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Give me... Here's a, here's a couple more stats, right? They passed... They scored 40 or more nine times during the season. They scored 50 or more six times during the season. And in July, this is a, this for a sequence of games in July, 50-22 to 22 over Canberra, 54-10 over Melbourne, 62-0 over North Queensland. They, yeah, put, 60, they put 60 on North Queensland. They beat the Tigers 20, uh, 66-12 at Leichhardt Oval in round 11. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. They scored yeah, the most it, points. I don't know. I'm not done. They scored the most points of any side in Premiership history. The record was something in the eight hundreds by the Broncos in 1998. We've talked about that Broncos side and how strong it was. It was a side that would never have existed, other than for the bloated salary cap era of the Super League era. They they twat them out of the way. 943 points in 2001. They had the best attack ever. They also had the best defence in the comp. They only conceded 406. A 433 point difference
1: it's remarkable it really is um I'm not surprised they didn't concede a lot of tries because when you're scoring 60 points, it's a lot of the game. You're not tackling anyone. of not a lot You get the sense the opposition didn't have a lot of ball in some of the results. Um, incredible. Uh, this is not the most remarkable statistic in the lot, but I'll just throw in for you. They scored first in their last 22 games going into the grand final. Yeah. So they walt- waltzed into this every game. Again, I suppose if you saw 60, you sort of odds are you might have scored one first. But nonetheless, like every game they went into, they walked onto that field, swaggered out there, Scored the first try And just kicked on with it Like this was just a juggernaut team That didn't give you a look You walked onto the field They stormed down the field They scored first And then they kept scoring Yeah <laughs> That's that's, it. That's, that's, the, that's the story of the season
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right It's, it's unbelievable um, It should be
1: celebrated, you know I know that it never will be Because we don't do this in rugby league And I've lamented to you before That you have to win the comp to matter But this season it really should be looked at as as totally remarkable and just another another one from a boy Jason Taylor who I've defended before where, they, where, where he's not remembered as as in the standard of player that he should have been is it's just like I'm sorry but like look at the season he's put together at halfback in his last year in the competition aging and on his last legs and he storms out there and puts this together with a side that frankly as we'll get into later doesn't stand up as one of the greatest ever in terms of players in there the amount of guys that really kicked on to great careers is not that high and it it should be really celebrated that that firstly brian smith and jason taylor two of the quite you know there's a combo of maligned 90s and 2000s figures (laughs) this is could put this this season together you know this is
0: like the archetype brian smith thing isn't it like this is the the cliche brian smith season um yeah that jason taylor 265 points uh, would have been a good time to be a goal kicker in this side. Uh, we'll be, yeah. and, and this is true of both teams, because we'll get to Newcastle in a minute. But like, just the list of try scorers in this side. So Hodgson, 17 tries. Jamie Lyon, 15. Jason Moody, 15. Uh, Luke Burt, 13. Scott Donald, 12. Daniel Wagon scored 11 tries. Like they just, There were just so many points in this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, I, yeah. Scott Donald's Don't. good to hear. I love Scott Donald. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> oh, <wait>. Didn't get <laughs> into the, the.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, regrettably not, uh, didn't, didn't make the side in the grand final, but uh, yeah. it's Who was on the other
1: wing? Was it Luke, was Luke Burt on the other? There was one of them was Moody.
0: Luke Burt and Jason Moody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It's, it's remarkable. When we get into the game, we're going to look at kind of the two halves and I guess try and answer a couple of questions. One in the first half, is it the best first half or the best half ever played? Like, is it, is this as good as it can get for football? Um, given the Spoiler alert and all that. Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert for my view <laughs> Yeah well I think we know where that's going And second yeah. uh, and, and the other question I guess is When we look at the second half Did Parramatta really come back Like was there ever a real sense that they could win uh, the yeah. game Well we'll get into both of those things But I just want to look at the Newcastle side as well um, They started this, this is This I think the, the, the Newcastle Knights of this era Famously erratic and wild Um For young listeners, think kind of Benji or Tigers for the kind of wild gyration in performance. I'll take you through their season if you'll if you'll indulge me. Same as Parramatta, two from five to start the year. They then win eight in a row from round six to thirteen. They then lose four in a row. They win four in a row. They lose three in a row, and then they win five in a row.
1: Yeah, they were prone to doing that. Um, They weren't easy to follow. Uh, I I sort of just didn't have much choice But to put up with it But yeah, as someone who who, When I'm following them as you know from now, when yeah. they win one game, I, I start looking for grand final tickets. And when they lose one game, I sort of think the whole project's been a disgrace for the last 20 years. That wasn't easy for me as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Following, like, wondering why they were losing three games and then, like, suddenly unbuck on the up and up again and, and, and cheering for everything. It's, uh, it's, it, it, they, they were famously like that, weren't they? And they were a club. I don't think anyone liked to face them. You wouldn't have liked to have drawn them in this grand final. Uh, those teams even the Brisbane and East, the great sides of that area, they didn't really want to play the Knights because you could beat them, but they could just turn it on. And if you got them on the wrong day, you know, that was it. And And that's what happened in that season. You just, they lost games to pathetic teams. They gave up 24 point leads that season to the West Tigers of all teams. And, but you didn't want to get them when they ran hot, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, They also so we said before, Parramatta put 40 on nine times. Uh, The Knights put Forty on eight times, but they also conceded 40 four times, which just speaks yeah. kind of volumes. About, and like they put forty on the Broncos, they put forty on uh, the Roosters, but they lost by forty to Parramatta. They also lost by forty to Canterbury, who came second in on the table. Um, it's just unbelievable the the, the fluctuation. Um, yeah.
1: Well, they lost to the Tigers from twenty four nil up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late, who weren't good at all. Year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah it, it they, they used to be a nightmare to follow sometimes because you got these thrilling highs when they went on these runs and then you sort of started going and then someone would score and you just had this dreaded sense that it could totally yeah reroute itself the wrong way <laughs> it just yeah that's right um yeah it was so, it, it was a hard time so they're my favorite seasons you know that my favorite competitions uh was this winning team 2001 and also I think 2003 when Penrith won and 05. There's something really thrilling when a team comes through that concedes a lot of points, but scores a lot of points, wins the comp. They're always enjoyable seasons. Penrith were winning 36-20 a lot in their season that they won. And, and the Tigers, we don't you know really need to go through how crazy they were, but it's always something enjoyable out of it, isn't it? Because we have a lot of years where you get these mechanical... Brisbane type Melbourne type size wander through and you know they're going to win the competition and you get these other years just now and again when someone is just out of the box winning a lot of 30 to 20 or losing 36 30 yeah. all year and then they put it together in the finals and they always tend to be years you remember
0: yeah that's right uh, we I mentioned that uh, Parramatta broke Brisbane's record for the most points in a season uh, yeah. <clears throat> that record was 871 set by the Broncos yeah. in 1998 uh, Newcastle in two thousand and one scored eight hundred and seventy, so it came second. On, so both teams, um, both the, the the grand finalists, matched or bettered the the the, the ninety eight Broncos. Admittedly, they did, did, did play um, twenty six games this year, uh, but yeah, it's extraordinary.
1: Now You know what, what might be a little, just this is just a sort of brief aside, you know what might contribute to that a little bit is yeah. I wonder if some of the teams that really did have good attack and, and, and these teams obviously were that team this year. It, we were coming out of Unlimited Interchange um, and yeah, we'd swapped true. back to Limited and I wonder if there was a sense that, you know, uh, this year, for example, in 2020 once the six again rules come in where they've stopped giving penalties and they wave six again in the play the ball all the time, the gulf between the top and the bottom has been more noticeable than it was when there was slower rucks and, and more wrestle. It's become really obvious who the good teams are and they're routing teams more than we saw last year and the year before. And I wonder if it was a similar sort of change where they got rid of unlimited interchange and suddenly you've got a limitation on it. So the top teams really um, were able to roll with that and take advantage of tired players and, and, and it sort of extend the gulf like they have this year. It's just mm-hmm. a sort of a theory, but I wonder if that's the case.
0: Well, Parramatta, 159 tries. Newcastle, 148 uh, in this season, which is just stunning. Um, they're first and third on the all-time list for most tries in the season. Um, <clears throat> a couple more points on the on the Newcastle side. Uh, so they scored 782 in the regular season, but they conceded 639. <laughs> so <laughs> so Parras yeah. was 839, 406. Newcastle 782, 639. Um, yeah. Joey, 279 points, equal to two greats of the game, topped the point scorers list in 2001. Andrew Johns, future immortal, uh, and Ben Walker, future immortal, also 279 <laughs> points. Um, I reckon yeah, well, only you... one of them went on to coach the Jets, though. That's right. Contract football. Uh, yeah. <laughs> similar deal with the try scorers in this team, by the way. Tamana Tahu, 18. Ben Kennedy, 17, which is unbelievable. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Darren Albert scored 16 and wasn't even in the team for this game. Um, Mark Hughes and Adam McDougall, 14. And Andrew Johns, 14. I reckon you might have had Joey in supercoach this year. 14 tries, 279 points. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: I think you might have had him a lot of years, but certainly this year would have been fairly high on the list. He was, uh, it, it, this was, um, we'll get into him in a little bit, but this was the peak of the project. If you look back about 2000 or 2002, 2003, is the peak of, of his moment. He's scoring tries, setting up tries. You know, it, it's the, It's sort of the synergy between his running and robust athleticism he had when he's young and his cleverness that he developed mm. and had late when he was really, really clever at the end of his career. This is this sort of peak where they match up where he's developed that cleverness and experience, but still got that power and physicality about him. Um, This really is the peak, isn't it?
0: No, it is. And and it's an extraordinary season, considering he missed eight games. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he missed eight games. uh, These two sides played each other (laughs) twice during the season. Newcastle 32-14 in round four, uh, which I think, if memory serves, was the Butner miracle. Yeah. but was sin bid twice in the one game, and Bill Harrigan sent off four Parramatta players to the sin bin over the course of the game. Uh, don't I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I think that's right. Uh, and in round 17, Parramatta 40, Newcastle nil. So a couple of fairly competitive uh, contests mm. between the two of them over the course of the season. Uh, Parramatta in their fourth preliminary final in a row in 2001, having made it 98, 99, and 2000 and lost all of them. They finally get through to the grand final. Uh, they beat New Zealand. Here's, here's a semi-final week one result for you. Uh, Parramatta 56, Warriors 12 in week one of the that finals. Yeah, that was is. the system, wasn't it? That yeah. was 1v8. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they get through to play Brisbane and beat them 24-16 in the prelim. Newcastle beat the uh, uh, the East, East. The Roosters 40-6 to in the qualifier. Then Cronulla 18-10 in the prelim. Gazzy, uh, just one more stat from 2001. Mm. Uh, would you like to have a guess who the top try scorer was and how many he scored?
1: I reckon it was Nathan Blacklock. as it's a good guess. It's good. Um, how well many just tries? Of the error. 26 a season loss. game. A lot. 26?
0: 27!
1: Jesus Christ, that's a season, isn't it? It's were 20. they any good that year? I don't remember them being that good that year, were they?
0: No, they came, I think they came about, yeah, they came seventh, eighth. Uh, eighth. Eight. Eight. That's no. not bad going. Not bad uh, going. Seventh, seventh, yeah. yeah. Um, he, was a, he was a
1: wonderful player. Um, just on that prelim run, it's interesting. Um First, at Newcastle's prelim was a wonderful game. And if you haven't seen that, you should go and watch it, people out there. And we may well do it one day. But Parramatta, there must have been a real sense after after not win, you know, losing all those prelims to beat Brisbane yeah. in one. must have really yeah. That must have been... There would have been a lot of Parramatta fans that were similar to sort of us. You know, we're always ready for the Knights to fail now. They've heard us so many times. We're always yeah. ready to be let down. They must have got there no matter what season they were having and thinking, oh, you know... We might yeah. still bottle it in the semis. It might still happen. And that must have been the moment when you beat Brisbane, you get past the Broncos in a prelim. You must have then just thought, actually, this side's different. This yeah. side's going to it. That must have been, you know what I mean? Just who they beat must have been the moment. The,
0: and they got the collie wobbles in that game. They talk about it yeah. in, the, in, the, in the grand final yeah. coverage. Yeah. So they got the wobbles in the game against Brisbane. They drop the ball a lot in the first half. Yeah. And managed to right themselves and win. And when yeah. you've already had yeah. your choke, if you've had your choke and you still win, you sort of think, oh, no, we're on now. Yeah, um, against them, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, against Brisbane. Like You think, no, this is this has to happen now. I'll take you through the two sides, uh, mm-hmm. which I think are kind of funny more than anything else. Uh, Newcastle, fullback Robbie O'Davis, Wings, Tamana Tahu, Adam McDougal, centres Matthew Gidley and Mark Hughes, the halves Sean Rudder, Andrew Johns, the forwards Josh Perry and Matt Parsons in the front row, Danny Badira's hooker, Steve Simpson, Ben Kennedy, second row, and Bill Pieden at lock, bench Paul Marquette, Winning his second grand final in three years. Thanks very much. Clinton O'Brien, Glenn Grief, Daniel Abraham, coached by Michael Hagen. For Parramatta, Brett Hodgson at fullback. The Wings, Luke Burt and Jason Moody. The Centres, Jamie Lyon and David Vilecki. The Harms, Michael Butner and Jason Taylor. The Front Row, Nathan Kalis, the captain, and Michael Vella, The Hooker, Brad Drew. Second Row, the Hindmarshes, Nathan and Ian. And the Lock is Daniel Wagon. The Bench, PJ Marsh, Andrew Ryan, Alex Chan. And uh, Rugby League's number one magician, David Solomona, uh, coached, of course, by Brian Smith. Gazzy, there is a... Everybody, whenever anybody talks about this game, they say, oh, you know, Parramatta were raging favourites going in. They, 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 were, they, they were, you know, nailed on, rusted on. Nobody thought the Knights could win. Uh, can I just ask the question, why? Like, <laughs> it doesn't hold <laughs> up that well, does it? <laughs> I, get, I accept the season that they've just had. It, it's just funny when, when you look at these two teams. noting how good Parramatta were in this year, it's just funny to look at those two teams in isolation and say Parramatta were raging favourites and everyone thought they'd win.
1: Oh, it's stunning. Uh, To look in hindsight, you look at those teams... Um, and I know legacy, you know, maybe if they won, they have different careers and make more rep sides and everything else. But when you look at the career these players had in the Newcastle side, and then when the ones the Parramatta side, it's a no contest. There's, there's not a position on the field that Newcastle don't have them covered. That Newcastle side is one of, it's a stunning team. When you go through it, um, they have... Uh, in terms of internationals, they have a Davis, Tahu, Gidley, McDougal, Johns, Perry, Badaris, Simpson, Kennedy. So you've got nine Test players plus Mark Hughes, who played State of Origin. You've got ten State of Origin players, nine Test players. A couple of Newcastle's players are some of the greatest of all time in their position. I'd say. Yeah, they have sorry. Three I'll just sorry, so, so,
0: sorry, yeah. sorry, Gazi. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to have to stop you there. Uh, yeah. I just want to point out that Clinton O'Brien also played State of Origin. He did too. Yeah, and that's so really that's poor great. of you to have missed that. Yeah, I, it is. <clears throat> that's denigrating the, yeah. denigrating, denigrating the legacy of one of the great crushes. Yeah, yep. do, sorry, do go on.
1: Yeah, so nine internationals and uh, uh, two state of origin players on top of that. And, and then you go, you just look at that and, and you go, Newcastle not only have those internationals, three of them really are three of the greatest players in their positions sort of ever like Andrew Johns, Danny Baderis and Ben Kennedy come up on any list of the best lock, best second row lock forwards, the best hookers and the best halfback sort of ever they're on the list, you know, um, yeah. that, that's a, one of them's an immortal, but the the other two are coming up on any list you, you make. Um, and it's three of the great, leaders of that time I mean, Ben Kennedy was one of the you know like one of the great leaders of that time Andrew John's captain of New South Wales in Australia and Australian. is one of the most cap- New South Wales captains so you've got these guys that when you then look across and you go who's better in their position and you've got as good as a year as Brad Drew had and as much as he's talked about as the great weapon of Parramatta we've got Paderas marking up on Brad Drew we've got Joey marking up on Jason Taylor um Hodgson's a really good young player but he's sort of coming up against Robbie O'Davis who's he's a very decorated international fullback Jason Moody played origin football but yeah you know he's sort of marking out of mcdougall and then we've got samana tahu on bert they've got jamie lyon but he's very young and we've got matt gidley like they've, they've got nathan highmarsh but we've got ben kennedy like there's no position yeah, that's on it. that it's- field that, and when you go through players who didn't play rep football, I mean, Matt Parsons was a Dally M prop of the year a couple of years before that. And he's marking up on Mick Vela and So I don't know that we give that much away in those contests. There's no real position on the field that I can identify that they have any form of advantage on in terms of looking back on it now. And I do accept it was different at the time. I'm not disputing the narrative. It's just a very funny one now because I look at those two teams and I'll give Parra a 12-point start and they don't beat us. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. yeah, Um it, they, they shouldn't beat that Knights team. You know, it's so funny in hindsight that that was the, the narrative.
0: Yeah, it's it's just, you look at it now and go, well, <laughs> um, I think there were a couple of players you particularly wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, yeah. And just finishing on that, I suppose that one thing to point out is a couple of those guys were early on, but Darius hadn't played Origin yet, or was about to, or, you know, he either just had, or was about to. Simpson was very young. Tahu was very young. So it, there are a lot of guys we didn't know how good they were yet. Yeah. But as we said, it's just the hindsight thing that's funny. Um, yeah, a couple of players. Uh, I'm going to limit this to three because I could do 17 if you wanted me to on, on Newcastle and, and why yeah. they all should be immortalized in statute. Um, I'll start with the obvious one is Andrew Johns uh, wins the Clive Churchill in this game. Uh, he has a phenomenal, phenomenal game as he was wont to do. He... Sets up a try in this game with one of his trademark runs where he just bangs off his foot, bangs off his foot, goes through, and they score off the play, the ball. Um, That run was sort of a quintessential Joey in his peak where he used to take that mad left foot step and then that mad step again and and go through with his pace and power. Um, He throws the second last pass for two or three tries. And I think that was an underrated trademark of his that you don't see a lot of now is that as good as he was and as good as his highlights were, he was very wonderful at being simple. And this was something Thurston was very good at as well, is that Joey had a great sense of getting the ball and knowing which part of the field there was space on. And he didn't always have to be the hot shot who threw the last play or called some weird unders or threw this beautiful ball. Instead, he looked at it and would just go long and flat to someone else who would then be the pass to the try score. He had a real sense of knowing... Um, you see it a lot now where you go, the commentators will go, oh, they're on to the left here, and the halfback gets it and goes right, or the dummy half scoots yeah. the wrong way, and you're going, ah, oh. Joey had this way, in Thurston as well, where they would. you go, oh, they're on to the left here, and they always went there, they could see that, and they just went, well, here you go, nice and early, and someone else would throw the great pass, but they just knew where that room was and where the ball should go to, so I thought that was very good. Um, I think I had to note that he'd made 16 tackles at half time when we yeah. had 58% of the ball. Yeah. He made over 30 for the game. And I don't think I saw him miss one. He picked up and dumped a couple. He was a, a phenomenal defender. And and just it, lastly.
0: Yep. No, I, I was just going to say, it's funny that you say what a good game he had. And I that's, that's true. But mm. the thing that jumps out to me about this is that they have this, they, they relied on him totally in this era. Like the, Yep. The, the, the results in this season show because as soon as he he's out of the team they just fall to pieces you know they can't they can't anyone you know they go from putting forty on Brisbane to getting run down by the Tigers and things like this They're just yep. um but he doesn't he doesn't actually as you say he doesn't set up any of the like he doesn't throw the last pass for a try in the first half he doesn't he makes a couple of breaks and that kind of thing but it's not like the funny thing about this game is that he it's it's probably out of all those real first-half routes that they used to do, this is probably one of his more subdued efforts. Like it's, it's, like, it's one of his more subdued performances. It's not all about him.
1: No, no, that's right. And that's what I want to get across with the, the passing, I suppose, is uh, that's what's good about his game, is that this is an understated performance, but it's, it's so important. And, like, what he is doing here is not doing everything himself. He doesn't have mm. the big, flashy moments, but it's just critical. It's that getting the ball across the field to people in better positions. Um, The amount of times he throws a second or third last pass is nearly all of them. Um, bar the one that he makes a line break on and they scoot from dummy half off his break. And it's just, the influence he has on that team is bigger than tri-assist. It's not, the game's so measured and you've said you don't like the tri-assist stat, but it's so measured in tri-assist. But yeah. his, his hands are all over this without him being on the highlight reel very that's much the in thing. that first yeah. half. Yeah, that's, it's, that's his hands are everywhere and what they do, but it's very understated. And, and people should f- probably forget that because he was a walking highlight reel as well. But he, he had a lot of games where it was his class without, making a highlight shot or making the big play um and i think just the, the one for me and i think it's really important is is and people will want, everyone wants to talk about the first best half ever and stuff in the second half it's 24 0 against the best team all year the football he plays in that second half is is outstanding he he takes within the first 20 minutes of that second half he kicks the ball from his own half three times and stops it in the in goal from his side of the 50-meter line, he bangs the ball, hits the deck, puts it in the in goal, and then they pin the fullback five or 10 out, where he just keeps pinning Parramatta down his own end and gives them no chance to score. They don't score for the first 20 minutes of that half. He puts three of those kicks in that pin them in the in goal. He then forces, after all three of those, he then forces a dropout um, from his own 30, like from 30 out, like not five, 10 out. He forces a one from 30 meters out. And then he forces another dropout with 10 to go when they're a bit, a little bit closer and with five to go, he lands a kick on the try line and they pin the guy on the end goal and he knocks on. So it's not a forced dropout, but you know, same thing. He sort of knocks on on the try line. So you get this thing where they're up in this game and from their own half, he pins them down there three times when they're on zero and just gives them no chance to come out of their own end. And when they're starting to get to six, get to 12, he goes, drop out, drop out, mistake on the try line. And just, that control and those things just do not give Parramatta the chance in the second half to come out and go 24-6 quickly. They don't get that opportunity. It stays 24-0 for half of that half, and all of that is on the back of his kicking game. It's become a contest. It's got a bit scrappy. Parramatta are playing better, and, and he just knocks them dead with his boot. It's, it's really, really wonderful football from a high-level player.
0: It really is. Yeah, he, he, ta- he also takes a couple of, like, really filthy carries (laughs) in the the second half. Like he goes like down the blind side at a dummy half in his own quarter and this kind of Mm. thing. It's a real, um, he was quite a, he he was a real uh, doer of dirty work from such a, for such Mm. a good player. Like he would kind of, he didn't, he didn't shirk anything. Uh, Anyway, you you wanted to, I think the other one that we have to talk about and that you have been kind of waiting all your life to have a forum to talk about is Ben Kennedy.
1: Yes, yes. There's two more. BK first. Um, ben Kennedy. I, I, I'm going to try and keep it a bit short because I, I don't I, – I'll nail my colours to the mask. He's one of the great players in his position ever. You've told me before that you think people don't remember him as well as I think they do in terms of being a great of the game. Um, mm. If they don't, that's their problem, not mine. He is he – is, he was outstanding in his game. He should have won the Churchill. He was powerful. He runs like a bus. He's got a step. He was – Oh, I don't know what you. What do you improve
0: on with this player? What What do you improve on in, in Ben Kennedy's game? Just he tell was, me what well, was missing. He, the way he 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 is like a rhinoceros in the first half, and the way he carries the ball, they actually after about twenty minutes they put up. Bossy puts up a highlight just just shows a series of Ben Kennedy runs, and he's just trampling, stomping, shrugging like it's unbelievable. Uh, he he was um. Yeah, and to score. He's got He scores in this game, of course, and that's his seventeenth try of the year, uh, which is just wild. For he played on the second in the second row. Uh, yeah, he. I, I. My. The thing I've said to you is I don't think people, if you talk about the great second rowers ever, and locks and this kind of thing, I think a lot of people would, you know, they would talk about Nathan Hindmarsh and Steve Menzies and all this kind of thing. And I just don't think Ben Kennedy has the same kind of name to ordinary people who watch who watch Friday night football.
1: He was better than both of those players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- but that- comfortably. Like, comfortably. And but that- if, you want to sco- if you want to scoff at that, like any, anyone out there listening, if you want to scoff at that, you're the problem. This <laughs> guy <laughs> <My, it> was <laughs> so good. But seriously, like he, yeah. he came to Newcastle, he, the, the job he the, the transformation they had with him and the team when he got there, having already had Andrew Johns and everyone else, was remarkable. He went to Manly at the end of his career, made their best ever team off two seasons, and dragged them back into the finals. He, he not only did all of this work, he was just a leader. He got the ball. He used to make runs like this when it was hard. He made runs like this in the grand final you know, when the game's in the balance at nil all and early. We played games. where I, I watched them every week. So, you know, um, I saw a lot of him. The amount of times he did this at 12-6 down or 12-all with 10 to go or 18-6 down with 20. Like, when you needed something to happen, he used to take one of those barging jostling runs up the field he got these wide eyes that were scary it looked like he was on speed he would just come down with a big dinner plate eyes looking at you going and you go oh i don't know he, he's mad and he, he would bounce out of yeah. them charge down the field and it was just he used to take people with him and there's not a lot of guys like that i spoke about this with ray ray price um ray price is one a lot of older guys say did that uh, gordon tallis is one
0: yeah, Gordon yeah, Tullis he's quite—he's—he's not—he's quite similar to Gordon Tallis in that way. The thing about Ben Kennedy, of course, is that mm. he—you know—he he now owns a series of uh, mm. boutique fast food restaurants in the Newcastle area, um, mm. such as uh, Guzman e Gomez and uh, mm. Zoo Street Greek. Uh, and I've got to tell you, it's pretty rattling to go into Guzzi's, you know, looking for a bit of a plate of nacho fries and to see Ben Kennedy behind the counter, service with a smile. It's yeah. It's quite, it's just, it just seems a bit out of place. He kind of, uh, yeah, he, uh, it's still, a thrill. It is a thrill. And and it he's now, he, he, he's now sort of in his mid late forties. And I've got to tell you, I'm still unkeen to run at him. He's still, he's, he's in quite good, he's in quite good fettle.
1: Yeah, he went to the same gym as me. I stopped going there about a year ago and he was in there a few times when when I was there and it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get back out there for me, Ben. He looks so good in the gym. I spent a lot of time watching him and a lot of time doing a lot of exercise. <laughs> he, uh, I think if you want to put him in modern parlance, they don't play quite the same, but... If, if you're young and you want to go, what was this guy like? And what was his influence like? He reminds me a lot of a Sam Burgess's influence. Like the Sam Burgess, the difference he makes to South Sydney. Not yeah. the same style, but the way that when Sam Burgess was out there, it wasn't just what Sam Burgess did as a player. It brought the whole team up. The whole team was better with him out there. Everyone felt more assured. You knew if it was tight, Sam Burgess would do something for you and he would yeah. carry you and, and that that's what BK used to do. When he was out on the field, you knew that when it got hard, he was going to step up and he was going to go with you and that gives people around them confidence it drags you with them and and what that run or the carry they do at the right time would bring people with them and that that's his career in a nutshell and he are oh, one yeah. of the great players and he was robbed of a Churchill he should have won this good as Joey was uh, that's oh, ben absolutely Kevin right.
0: should have won it it's one of the clear up I, I would say that he, he was he was so good at the first half that and and makes a lot of really strong carries when it's starting to go a bit wobbly in the second half he, he um yeah he absolutely should have won it um you, you, you've, you've got one more i think you want to talk yep, about
1: yep yep absolutely i don't think you can go past this one we have to talk about sean rudder so yep. sean rudder uh, look there's, a, there's always a lot of i don't know if it's dead now but there was a lot of years where it was a silly gambit to talk about you go like oh who are the great knights and you go oh sean rudder huh, huh. and then we won a comp with sean rudder at five eight blah 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 like it was this bit of a joke and mm. It's just, it's just bullshit. <laughs> Sean Rudder uh, really underrated his contribution to the team and the game he had in this, this game oh, yeah. goes to show that. Uh, he, um, he was a big player and he was a skillful player who contributed and fitted in really well to what they wanted to do. He had a lovely long passing game. And in this game, he sets up the first try with a 25-metre fizzing pass um, to, get, to get to the space on the outside. And the second try is one of the great, pieces of halves play that you see he gets the ball at the line he finds jason taylor in defense isolates him and pops steve simpson short onto the wrong shoulder of of jason um, taylor just that's halves football isn't it it's really nice
0: timing he holds it up holds it up and then just when he's really wound up bang through you go
1: yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He had a he had a lot to give. He had a really good career for Newcastle. He sets up a lot of tries in his career with long, fizzing passes. And I will just say for everyone out there who ever you know made a Sean Rudder joke or something, I mean, you just remember: oh, we won it with Sean Rudder at five eight. That's how good Joey was. Joey had Matthew from ninety eight to two thousand, and we didn't win shit. You know, like yeah, this no, that's idea true. That we were carrying the idea that, the idea that you're carrying Sean Rudder is just nonsense. He was a big contributor. He sets up a try. I give him a try assist and a try contribution in the grand final. Uh, If we're talking super coach stats, the first one, I don't think you get an assist for it. They had a lot to do. Second one, absolutely clear and wonderful try assist. And we had a better 5'8 than him for the years beforehand. It didn't win anything. He contributed in a big way throughout the seasons he played and he contributed in a big way on the big stage.
0: There you go. You've heard it here first. Historical revisionism from Luke Garrity. Uh, Sean Rudder is in. Now I suppose we Statue should... time statutes Statue. that's on. Well, they do have. To be fair, there is a rudder. There is a uh, a rudder installation in Newcastle, and unfortunately, it commemorates the Pasha Bulka. Um Ugh. But maybe we could well, maybe repurpose which rudder it. I'd like. Maybe we yeah. could repurpose it. We could get some spray paint and r- the Sean rudder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd be keen for that. Yeah. I might
1: write to you at the, write to you at the. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a good <laughs> idea.
0: Now, uh, I think we should get into the game. It was good to, it was good to turn the game on, and immediately, if I have Ken Sutcliffe telling us where we are and who's playing. Um, yes, yes, it was. And I, 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 I turned it on. I didn't, you know, I thought, God, watching the 2001 grand final between Newcastle and Parramatta, I wonder who, I wonder where it's being played, and I wonder who the teams are. Mm. And there was Kenny Sutcliffe. Hello, and welcome to Stadium Australia for the 2001 Grand Final. Now let's go to our commentary team. I think he says something like, "This is sure to be a great game." And, <laughs> and, yeah, and then throws to Rabs. I, yeah, it, we've talked about this before, but I, I think, I think most, uh, you know, right-thinking rugby league supporters would be all at sea if it wasn't for Kenny Sutcliffe performing this role. I, I, I would have been in all sorts as
1: a young star. It just gives it a lot of gravitas that other sports don't have, doesn't it? That's absolutely
0: absolutely right. Uh, The other thing about the pregame which thrilled me was to see the National Anthem performed by Christine Arnoux. Uh, Mm. Thinking about National we've now seen the National Anthem performed by uh, Julie Anthony, of course, Hugh Jackman, and now Christine Mm. Arnoux. Uh, I thought for just a second that this was the year of the Billy Idol incident, but unfortunately that was the the year after Mm. Uh, but, yes, that was good. Uh, Do we know if Christine Arnoux did My Island Home in the previous entertainment It's a very good question. I don't know. Unfortunately, the entertainment doesn't cut in early enough to find that out. Mm. Um, and the other thing, they pan the crowd. They show the, uh, they show the corporate box, and you see a very clear image of the Prime Minister, John Howard, mm. uh, the opposition leader, Kim Beasley, and sitting next to John Howard, I don't know if you caught this, Kerry Chikorovsky.
1: I missed that, really. Yes. Chika. The real Chika.
0: The real Chika. That's, right. that's right. We did say that uh, we did say that thirty percent of all great games featured Chika. Yeah. Um, and now, <laughs> hopefully this won't be the
1: last one we see. Yeah, with Kerry Chikarosky. Yeah
0: we know for sure. Um, yeah. fortunately, so unfortunately I don't think she actually made it to the the subsequent election, but um I am she was I'm so by John Broggers Brogdon. But uh, oh, it, was, yes. it was good to see her again,
1: I've got to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed seeing these. at the start. I must have missed that footage. Can, can you just tell me, did Bezo at this point have the big impulse jersey on? No. Sadly, he does at the
0: end. Sadly, he was in ah. a suit, Yeah, which I thought was very disappointing. He was, of course, yeah. weirdly, for a Western Australian MP, who was nearly as I could tell, had no interest in rugby league. He was the number one season ticket holder for the Knights for many years. And, and yeah, the, of the club. And I'm not really quite sure why, but he um, we he, love the bomber. We do love the bomber, and it was good to see. him. This was about a month before, or even shorter. They might have been just a couple of weeks before the 2001 election. Uh, but so, but a bit of both. Both uh, mm. leaders in campaign mode, you know, uh, Johnny and the Bomber. I think there would have been a lot of talk that the Knights' victory was a little. Mm. Uh, strategic advantage uh, for, for the ALP going into that election, unfortunately, um, so. didn't didn't transpire that way. But uh, yes, speaking of little,
1: what size uh, do you reckon the uh, Bombers' impulse jersey was? Well, that's a very XM, good that, 3XL,
0: that, that, That's a very good question. Fairly, yeah, fairly, he was in fairly, he was in fairly good nick. The Bomber, he, yeah. yeah, he was looking well. Um, <laughs> I just thought it would be remiss not to mention all of that. Yeah. Uh, now. Uh, the kick-off, they mentioned that, of course, it's Bill Harrigan's eighth grand final and that he aspires to be... Too many. F- b- by far. Um, more more on him later. More, oh, yeah. More, more on him in a bit. But uh, Bossy makes a comment from the sideline, which is remarkably prescient. Uh, both games between these two sides through the season have been defo- decided before half-time. If that, ten- if that trend continues, who starts best will have a massive bearing on the contest. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Comments from the Supercats. Yeah.
1: Don't have to wait yeah. too long to sort of uh, play that out.
0: No, that's right. Uh, and, and it doesn't take too long. The nights start fast. It's a funny game, isn't it? That Even before the, before the early assault, like, the ball just zings around a lot. Parramatta, you can see why they scored sort of 940 points over the course of the year because they were just zinging it from side to side um, early on and like quite calamitously eventually. But it's unusual for a great really final. They yeah. did start brightly. Uh, it, they have half it, breaks. They make a half break on the left through Vialecki, They make another, or, or through yeah. Lyon, they make another one with Vialecki on the right. Yeah,
1: um, yeah look, we'll get to the bottling thing maybe at the end of the half, but I, I, I don't, there was no sense of that certainly for the start. The way they started, they came out, spread the ball around, made a lot of half breaks, really troubled Newcastle, and just looked like they got straight into their groove. Yeah, I, mm. you know, I know Newcastle score really quickly, but I just they didn't look nervous or, or off their game at all. They really came out and played some nice football, and it, you know, it yeah, just I then I think
0: if you watched the first yeah. couple of minutes, you would have thought, "God, this is going to be a game. Like this yeah. is going to be this is going to be a real ding dong." Uh, and then Parramatta dropped the ball. Uh, it's Nathan Highmarsh actually who Drops it after a fairly ordinary pass Newcastle get up there And uh, it's A very unusual try Which is seared into my memory uh, The Knights spread the ball uh, It's as you say It's Rudder who throws a flat pass Out to, get, uh, out to Billy Peden Who gets a 10 out With pretty much nothing doing No reason to think he's going to score Peter pattering at the line He skips, throws a dummy And all of a sudden And I remember Watching this as a kid, being sort of turned, just about to turn ten, and it was like he he, he, just, he just scores. There's no reason to think that that was going to happen. I was I remember being stunned that suddenly Billy peden just reaches out and puts the ball over the line. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he didn't have a lot of 17 try seasons in the back row, Ben Kennedy stops. No. Um, So it was, yeah, it wasn't necessarily who you would have had on first try score if you were, it would have been a fair pickup, I think, if you got Billy. Um, It it is, isn't it? It's a really bad read by Jamie Lyon. It just sort of happens. Um, I guess. I think the thing I've got to tell you at this point, I'm trying to find a sensible point to bring this in is I just want to make the point that I was at this game. Okay. Yeah. Um, And i you sitting. yeah i'm about to tell you this I had to sit I, I like seats were hard to get, and I got seats behind the goalpost right uh, I got I got, going. <laughs> I got seats behind the goalpost at the end, Newcastle ran to in the second half <laughs> <laughs> so so this game finishes thirty points to twenty four and uh, I saw one try at my, my one end t- of the They scored all the points most teams scored all the points at the other end you starting saw, at this you, point yeah you got one end of the
0: ground you saw one try out of nine. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah yeah, really yeah. At, at, um, from really high up too so i don't have the best view of it so like looking to the other end of the ground from high up is a very very long way That's away really good and they could have been oh, 20 oh. out for all i knew like billy peaton could have been 20 meters out from the line from the view i had when he dummies, not five you don't yeah. really know you yeah, gotta yeah. sort of look but um yeah look this was a moment like this is one of those things that everyone um has them i know there's uh you know, he's a better player than this, but it was sort of Michael Robertson scoring tries in the grand final and then sort of then the Beaver scoring one in these last games. Now and then you get nice moments. And Billy Peden was a real heart and soul of Newcastle for a very long time. And, and, and you know, he's not done yet. But this, for Newcastle fans, is sort of it, isn't it? You know, like if you yeah, wanted yeah. to see oh, yeah. something, yeah, seeing someone like...
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and this was the the particularly in this era, this was what you know, the, the Knights were very keen on this, and they and Knight supporters liked this about the team. That he, like Billy Peden was from Cessnock and, and came through the Cessnock Juniors, and sort of he goes all right and gets picked up by the Knights. And that's how it was that was kind of how it was supposed to work. This was what, yeah, this was how people wanted it to work. And all of a sudden, he's you know, crashing over in a grand final. Um, yeah, you're right, he's not done, and and, and I'm not done with him, but I'll come back to it. So they score. Uh, in the fourth minute to go 4-0 up. Johns kicks the goal. It's the first time, as you say, in 23 games that Parramatta uh, haven't scored the first try. And then after that, the Knights just roll forward off the kick-off. They get the four. uh, They kick on fourth tackle. It's deflected. And there are Parramatta players everywhere. The ball lands in the middle of four or five Parramatta players. There isn't a Newcastle player closer than any of them. And suddenly Ben Kennedy roars up the field Mm. through traffic. He overtakes, he's he's like doing 160 on the expressway. He just overtakes all the Parramatta players. Mm. Like he's on fast forward and they're like crawling through mud and lands on the ball. And it is just, it's a sign of something. And I'm not sure if it's a sign that Parramatta were were not quite at the races or just how hard Ben Kennedy was going or a combination of both. It's, there is something in the fact that he got to that ball. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There is. Um, yeah, he was going 160 down the expressway, but it's a bus going 160 down the expressway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it uh, them out yeah, of the way, and yeah, it's sensational. It's probably a bit of both. Like, Brian Smith brought this team through, and they were X amount of good, which was very good, and they're going yeah. through what they're doing, but a couple of these guys had the ability to play emotionally. For Newcastle and Ben Kennedy one of them. And that, that moment, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's sort of what I was talking about with this way of dragging people and leading is he had this ability to play emotionally. Um, and he just wants the ball and he stomps through it. And no one in Parramatta did anything wrong, but he stomps through and picks it up and you get another set, you know, it's like, and that yeah. is what, what that's, it. that's how the rot starts, you know, because at this point but, yeah. it's just been dong, try. Scored earlier, next but it's and not, yeah, There's no yeah. fundamental. Yeah.
0: Um, and, of course, they get the ball back. And then a couple of players later, they're in, they're in the zone again. And Johns throws the ball to Rudder. Rutter, it's a really nice flat wide ball from Johns to Rudder. Rudder, as we said, holds it up. Gives it to Steve Simpson who, who steamrolls Jason Taylor and scores. And I, that's the moment for me as a kid. I remember Rabs, they're in again, right? And yeah. it was like... I, so I watched this game at my the first half at my grandparents' house and the second half at home. Because my because mum used to work on weekends. she worked in the bowling yeah. club. She was at work. Um, I don't know where my father was. He turned up at halftime. I don't know where he'd been. But anyway, Just yeah. <laughs> <Best> riding them. She <laughs> possibly couldn't watch it with me because I was so insufferable. But I didn't yeah. make it. didn't make a sound as all this was going on. I was too like I was just bewildered. Yeah. It was like getting all of you. you know that thing about all your Christmases come at once. Yeah. it was it was too much. I just like I overloaded on it. I didn't even yeah. celebrate the try. So I was just like, oh, it was incredible, because <laughs> it just it's not supposed to go like this. Like this doesn't happen in grand finals. No, you don't. You just don't keep scoring like. And so Simpson goes over. Fatty Fortin, to his eternal credit, <laughs> says, "Yeah, they haven't had a start, great start in Parramatta." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: Ten, 10 mil after seven minutes. <laughs> seven minutes. <laughs> And then Gus says, this is the end. One of my favourite things, proclaims this is the end of the softening up period.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we put this up on
0: on Facebook through the week, or last night, in fact, we put up on, uh, you know, what do you remember about this game? And someone has tossed out, no, 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 this game killed the traditional softening up period.
1: Yeah, that, that lifted me so much because I, I've raised that on one of our previous episodes out of nowhere for no reason, just because it's one of my most fond memories, Gus calling the end of the softening up, yeah. like the idea that nobody had thought of scoring tries at the start of the game before. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, <this> is innovation. <laughs> yeah, let's, um, let's
1: just put some plays on and score a try. Like, that's not a bad plan.
0: Yeah, so they score, That's so it's yeah. 10-0 after seven minutes, then John misses the goal. But then after 13 minutes, they get a penalty after a rambunctious charge from Ben Kennedy, which results in mm. his leg being pulled by Brad Drew. And yeah, they're, they're 30 out in front. It's 10-0 after 13 minutes. They're all over them at this point. Like they, It's hard to emphasize how much ground they're making. The thing about the early stage of this game is that it's not even breaks. It's just these, they just beat the first tackler on every run. They're yeah. taking 10, 15 metres on every run, whoever it is. Um, they're just rolling. They're getting the halfway so easily every set. They get It's
1: the... like every run was Jason Talmalolo, like that way of where yeah. he just keeps carrying people. Everyone at the ball was making those Talmalolo yeah. runs where he doesn't actually break through the tackle. He just keeps carrying people for 15 metres. It was like, like everyone.
0: Yeah, it was just it's... going... There's no yeah, explanation Parsons. There. like it's kind of no. it's guys that never did it at any other time, like this was a good side and the, and their forwards yeah. were good and like Josh Perry played for Australia, Matt Parsons mm-hmm. was a good player, all this kind of thing, but they never did this they weren't this type of this type of forward pack and and somehow do you know what I mean well, the front row was the weakness of the
1: team yeah yeah absolutely like they'd come off they they had uh Paul Harrigan retire in '99. They had Butterfield retire in 2000, and they had around that time they brought in some older guys like Fairley, who played for a year and stopped, and Pinchinelli who played for a year and stopped. This was they they were that was their weakness. They'd been criticised there all year. Joey really nails it them at the end of the media for Bagganish front row, um, and they <laughs> were they were criticised that that was going to be the weakness. Matt Parsons, you know, was he was an Ira player, but he was a bit of a log. He was sort of a lumbering slower yeah, front yeah. rower. And, and Perry had prob- was young and had problems with his hands. And then on the bench, Glenn Grief was sort of your battler. I loved him, but he was your battlers, yeah. your battlers sort of player. And Clinton O'Brien was a former former, <laughs> former crusher. Like they, that was the weakness in their team. And it was not only not evident, it looked like their strength.
0: Yeah, this and this game. is the thing. This is the thing about this game. If you said to someone before the game, the Knights are going to be in front at 24-0, you would assume that it was all these backline moves. But mm. Matt Gidley barely touches the ball in the first half. Adam McDougal barely touches the ball. Taman Tahu barely touches the ball. Like mm. Danny Bedirus doesn't make any breaks up the middle. Like he makes a few mm. good runs, but he doesn't tear them apart. Like no. Robbie O'Davis doesn't do anything. Like yeah, like, the guys that made this side the kind of side that could do this didn't do it on that day. It was the forwards. No. It, it, that's yeah. what's so odd about it because it doesn't look like it. Kind of doesn't look like the other times Newcastle did this.
1: No, and Andrew, like we said before, Andrew doesn't have a tri season. Um, no. It, it, it's like, it, what, what, you're right. Cause what used to happen is we used to get the ball. What would happen in a normal game is we'd be on our 20. Someone would make an okay run. Then someone would make an okay run again. And then, then they'd have a 30 meter cutout pass and another long ball and the winger would have gone 80 meters and part drawn the fullback and passed. That's what we used to do. Like you go hit yeah. up, hit up and Joey might've gone 30 meter pass, rudder 30 meter pass, Matt Gidley draws and flicks to Tahu. And we go flying downfield. Then off the next kickoff, they zing it over to McDougall. It wasn't, they didn't stomp teams like this. No. This was, this was That's like, it. Yeah, big and nasty, which wasn't us at all. No, they I've never been <laughs> um, that kind of side. It's unbelievable. No, our strength was our back row because your middle forwards are, are your weakest players, and then Billy Peden, who's your who's your workhorse battling lock, they weren't big trampling middle forwards at all. Like Simpson and Kennedy are your best players, and they're on the edge. It's it was it was it was stunning, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah, yeah, that was
0: the thing that jumped out to me about it. You know, watching mm. it again was how unusual this was. Um, yeah. But- Funny thing about so they're stomping them and it's 13th 13, 13 minute and ten nil, and Joey takes the goal to go twelve nil. Mm. I got to tell you, if i been like if I was watching that now, and you had that much momentum, and they took the goal to get to, to to go twelve nil, like if it was anyone but our Lord and Savior, I would mm. be throwing things, <laughs> like absolutely yeah. chucking stuff.
1: Yeah, I think this, I'm glad you mentioned it. There's probably two things on it. Firstly, it was a disgraceful penalty because Ben Kennedy rolls downfield, gets a quick play the ball, plays it quick despite having the leg pull. He gets his leg pulled and falls over playing it, but he plays it properly. And Badaris has flown off from dummy half and is in yeah. space. And yeah. Bill, while Baderis is untouched, flying down the middle of the field, 30 out, just blows a bloody penalty, gives him yeah. no advantage. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you're right. It, it was a strange one. But I think I have a bit of a narrative. I wasn't going to raise too much. But I watched how subdued Joey was in this game and how controlled he was, how he didn't show any emotion at halftime. And I think the penalty goals comes into it, too. I think he was pretty deeply affected by the 2000 preliminary final and the comeback that got put mm. on us. And I think he came, where 2000 was he was whooping Joey, like whooping, sledging the opposition, jumping up and down when he kicks breaks and and 40-20s. And I got the real sense that he was determined to be calm and in control of this game. And he thought to himself, as he's gone, we just need to stay calm, play
0: normally. And when he got this
1: penalty goal, he's gone, okay, it's 10-0, I'm just going to kick this, we're going to walk down there and we're going to go again. Because what his inclination to do would have been, fuck kicking for touch. He probably would have tapped it and chip kicked it. That that, that was him and he was always (laughs) an emotional all over the place player, as in just he was emotionally up and whooping or throwing stuff. And I feel that after what happened in 2000, he came out with a real determination to be calmer. Yeah, it's, and he's and very, not it's, let this get away. it's very kind of
0: subdued and professional, isn't it? All of it. He doesn't, there's no fist pumping at any stage. He kind of just always mm. at his players, come on, we're going to keep at this, keep at this. Yep. He takes all these field goal shots in the second half. It's very, mm. um, it's, it's the most kind of, you, 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 you would, you could watch, the other 248 games that Andrew Johns plays, and he will never look this much like Cooper Cronk?
1: No, no, that's right. It, it, it was, I, in a lot of ways, it's a redemption story, and I haven't gone into it because I don't want to talk about too No, we're not doing it. He threw the intercept. He threw the intercept that... that led to that comeback. They lost a lead that they never should have lost and robbed themselves of a real chance to win a grand final. Um, it was his brother's last year at the club. It was Butterfield's last year. He's still he's hurt by that. I heard him talk the other week and he still can barely watch that. And Yeah, well, that's something he came out this year. Common. Yeah, exactly. But he's come out and I think... This goal, in a small way, was a part of that demeanor where he came out determined that this was going to be different and there's no mm. emotion at half time. He faces dead flat and he came here to win this game and that's it. This wasn't going to be a day where we had fun and whoop and carry on and, you yeah. know, where we aggressively take it. He, he was here to just get this done.
0: Well, he's, just after this, he spears the ball into dump, into touch from 30 out, just drills this grubber like it's on for all money. They're, they're steamrolling yeah. them. And he hammers this grumber into touch. It's one of the great calls by Gus Gould. You know how things can get lost in time? I just yeah. want to share with you uh, and with the listeners what Gus says here. Um, he suggests that he might have kicked that into touch to run down the clock because it would be a huge bonus for the Knights if they can get their biggest danger off the field without conceding a point. Um, and their biggest danger, according to Gus, is, uh, is Brad Drew. And I just... yep. <clears throat> You just you, <laughs> the idea of like Andrew Johns kicking out to sub, to like subdue the threat from Brad Drew it was just a bit too much for me. But also, it's it's funny how you can lose things. Like, I, what sort of season did Brad Drew have that this was the commentary?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny. There's I, firstly, it goes right back to our this doesn't stand up. That this was an upset when you look at the teams now. Like, if the yeah, biggest yeah. threat in the game was Andrew Johns and Brad Drew, I think. It's understandable that Brad Drew didn't win. Um, but secondly, yeah, it is funny because he did have a great year. He went through this phase of being the great super sub. And mm. He was so good he ended up starting. He was really sparky. You know who he – he's a totally different player, but I'm just trying to give you an under like a or someone else an understanding of how he could impact a game from the bench because he, he had a real run as a bench player before he started starting. And it was sort of – it was there was a Sekiaro-like ability, totally different style to – come off the bench at hooker and influence a result he really yeah. did have a year or two where he could come on and the game changed by him coming on at hooker craig wing used to do it at rep footy in a totally different way but there's not a lot of guys who could did it and for a year or two brad drew did and he was a big part of this season he set up a lot of tries he was starting and had a lot of really good games and it's odd because he's not remembered and he didn't kick on with this there wasn't there wasn't 10 years of this no it was a couple of years where and that probably stands up to the segiara thing there was just a couple of years where if you were looking at the tip sheet you very much did have to worry about Brad Drew. Um, But even in that team, it is funny, isn't it? Because you go, all right, who's the biggest threat? And you look now and you go, Brett Hodgson, Jamie Lyon, um, Jason Taylor, uh, Nathan Einmarsh, Bobcat Ryan. And you're like, yeah, you probably don't put Brad Uh, Drew there. Brad Drew, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, so that's in the... So at the 17th minute, the Knights have had 72% of the ball, which is fairly good going. In the 21st minute, they get down there again. There's a weaving, Gidley run. Uh, He's dragged down near the post. They spread out to Joey. Ben Kennedy out the back. Gives it to Peden, a bit closer to the line this time. He dummies and goes over. Um, I was in a a catatonic state of euphoria at this point as a nine-year-old. Bill Peden from Cessnock. Second try in the grand final. Uh, I can tell you watching the game in Cessnock, there is no euphoria quite like this. It's a great trivia question for the ages. Which, which Cessnock junior has scored a double in a grand final? You'll really get people at trivia nights if you ask that. Um, yeah. I want to share with you a couple of facts about the life of Bill Peden. Uh, he's a former car mechanic. He now works in a coal mine. Uh, he, he, didn't make, he didn't make the starting side for the Cessnock team of the century. He's on Good. the bench. He got picked on the yeah. bench for the team of the century, having played 195 first grade games uh, and won two mm. premierships. And also, uh, and this is something people may not know, uh, he made his film debut as an extra in the closing scenes of the, 19, uh, the 1988 Yahoo series film, Young Einstein. Did Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He can we was, get that out? He was in I mean, Young Einstein as an extra. Well, that four gives us a real... career.
1: <laughs> That gives us a real excuse to watch Young Einstein in cemetery-related content.
0: Yeah, right. We badges. could do it as a we could do it as a separate episode. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if he's got. I wonder if he's got a profile on well, in Internet Movie Database. But uh, um, yeah, Bill Peden and Young Einstein. I got to tell you, yeah, um, that's a career. Like 195 games, two premierships, two tries in the grand final, mm. and a cameo in Young Einstein. That's something yep. you can take yep. to the bank.
1: Yeah, well, just add something to the legacy in terms of the immortal <laughs> conversation. Um, I've
0: got a few things on Billy. Nothing as yeah, go that. I just
1: want to make... There's a couple of things about him. It just if people don't know him, it's time to learn about him. Um, yeah. The sort of person he was. So, so he did. He played first grade for Cessnock before he was even making the Knights. And yeah, that's And right. had to battle a way to get in. When the Super League war broke out, he signed on for the Knights for $5,000. Um, just, you remember how much money was in the Super League war? Well, Phil Gould yeah. signed him up for five grand. And he taught, tells the story about going out and then the drink that night and thinking it was great. But then finding out Matthew and Andrew got 600 or something. <laughs> 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 so, thought he'd done well. Um, a, a, a couple of, he played hooker in the 97 grand final. But what this guy could do was just so good. Like they were short of hooker at that time and, and Lee Jackson wasn't playing all that well. So Bill Peden for no reason just starts at hooker you know he was a lock forward he played most of his career off the bench or in the second row to accommodate Mark Glanville he pinched it hit at hooker when they needed him to in a grand final and was able to do a good enough job that we were able to compete against a great team and, and ultimately win when lock comes open when Mark Glanville leaves he finally gets his, his position and by 2001 he's scored two tries in a grand final he goal kicked for the Knights when Joey was out at one stage of his he career didn't hit him too bad um, either Hit hit a few goals when he had to hit them. Um, he once tied a game for Newcastle and got away with a draw with with a couple of minutes left on the clock. We were down by six and he charged down.
0: Warriors. Kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah.
1: They, they charged down and a, a kick like near halfway. Regathered his own charge down and put it down and we got out of it with a draw. He was a guy who... I, what I'm trying to say there is it was a guy who played second row because he couldn't get his preferred position. He played hooker in a grand final. He played. He finally got his own position and, and got scored two tries. He kicked goals when he had to. He capped them when he had to. He got them a draw off a charge. He was a guy who would do what you needed to do and he could do a job wherever you put him. He would do anything for that club. And he just is one of the great... Newcastle players in terms of his contribution to the club in terms of what he meant to the club. And I think just, I think the last one is I, I, this sounds silly, but if you want an idea of his character, like as a, as a player, like he recently uh, uh, it, that him and Matt Johns and all these ex players recently climbed either Kilimanjaro or, or Everest, I forget which in Everest. Um, and they're like up there at these high altitude and that sort of climb. And there's a photo of them. What, you know, he's not in, he's 97 knights jersey he's not in a 2001 knights jersey he's in a Cess not goaners <laughs> 2000 like 15 heritage jersey like yeah. from years after he retired. like he's up yeah. there His idea of chucking something on to get a photo at this high altitude he's not wearing his like jersey he scored two tries in the grand final <laughs> in it's, it's a cessnock not goaners jersey from 5 years ago i and I, I know it's a little thing but it's just isn't it just nice don't knock yeah. the knocks, baby. Don't knock the oh, knocks. It's, it's wonderful. He's a wonderful player. He really
0: was. Yeah, he was. Two tries in a grand final. Never forgotten. Uh, mm. 16-0. Kick to come. Uh, Joey puts it over. They do it. Joe Sterlow does it as we freeze it there for this try. Mm. Um, Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, poor Sterlo. He must have had a fairly hard night. He, he covers it up reasonably well. He's a bit better than he is during the carriage meltdown, but he, uh, he, he, you can tell that it's starting to wear a bit thin once it gets to 18 nil. But uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. People, if, you, if you're if you not aware of Billy Peden, it's time to learn. It's time to educate yourself. Um, we Billy Peden, we salute you. A genuine rugby league cemetery hero. Uh, now, another rugby league cemetery hero, Steve Simpson. Uh, I've just cool. got here 26th minute. And then in capitals, the Simpson miracle. I I can't remember a try-saving tackle like this. I, it's Nathan Hindmarsh jumps out of dummy half, so para finally get a look at the ninth line. Nathan Hindmarsh jumps out of dummy half, and he really nice ball actually to put Ryan through. Ryan has to score. Like he's just going to score. It's open like open up like Sydney heads. He rolls through, and somehow Steve Simpson comes from I think about row nine of the grandstand, bundles himself across, and with his all his elbows and joints and knees and all of this somehow manages to keep the ball off the ground and Parramatta don't score the try that could have started some kind of recovery.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you've described that pretty well. Bobcats over the line when Simpson gets there and yeah. Simpson, one on one with nobody else in the tackle, throws all of his body around him, sticks a leg out that lands under where the ball's going to land and then rolls him and he never gets it down it is the greatest try-saving held up. I can say the greatest try-saving tackle ever. It's the greatest held up ever. Yeah. The greatest held up of all time by a country mile, by a player who is one of my favourite players of all time, Sox down Simpson. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to... like I'm going to not... You by going through him too much again no, because It's, no. it's, it's not a the story player. of the game He, 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 he is so good, oh, I just want to put on record How much I love him, I, I've said that But yeah. this was one of the, this, this is just a sign Isn't it, it's 18-0, you're trying to Right yourself, you play a nice bit of football You can get back from this if you're Parramatta yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Man, this does win the game, this held up If you look at the score But yeah. he, um, yeah, he th- This is it, if you get to 18-6 after 25 minutes There's just a sense that it's back on
0: All right. Especially them, because there's so many points yeah. in that side Like they like, oh, well, go, we can, we can steady yeah. here yeah, we can no, get no. out of this? Yeah. And he just snuffs it out. And Bobcat knows too. He gets up and he knows that he hasn't got it down. Yeah. <clears throat> He's like palpably quite upset. The only other time I've seen Andrew Ryan look that upset uh, is when I, uh, when me and a friend of the show uh, were on a very early morning flight back from Brisbane after a State of Origin game, and he was sitting next to us. And we, my, the, the the friend of the show and I, were speculating quite a lot about what the in-flight movie was going to be and whether it was going to be weekend at Bernie's um, and Bobcat Ryan moved he was sitting <laughs> next to us and he moved to another seat across the aisle <laughs> and put his cap over his head and went to sleep
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, It's yeah. Hard, hard, not to, a, hard not to back that I sort of stand uh, as someone who's spent far too much time with you, I think that's a reasonable position to take
0: Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I, I don't blame him for that decision um, Now of course, the consequence the, the, the consequences of this is that a couple of minutes later it's the Knights who end up scoring, and so instead of it being eighteen six, it's twenty two nil. And this mm. is God, it's a beautiful sight. I'm going to tell you, that, that makes my heart skip a beat seeing Andrew Johns break through like this off one of those big steps. Goodness gracious, um, yeah. all that power out of that, you know, like bang, off he goes. It's beautiful. Dragged down a couple of yards out, Ben Kennedy completely, um, like completely uh, roasts Sean Rudder, un- who's unmarked. And he's entitled yeah. to score a grand final try under the posts here from the run that he makes into a yawning gap. Um, ben Kennedy says, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I'm having this. Just kind of like the Tasmanian devil. He just kind of swivels and bashes and barges. And there's so much activity that he goes through about five bodies and leaves them all strewn on the ground, slams the ball down next to the posts, gets up, whooping. Johns kicks the goal, 24-0. Um,
1: yeah, so the thing about that is it's from dummy half. That's the point yeah. today. it. Like yeah, Joey yeah. goes through, flies through, makes the line break, gets the fullback, gets pulled down, and yeah, the, the defensive line's scattered. Rudder is like, fly- they're next to the left hand post. Rudder is flying through into a gap under the post when Kennedy's at dummy half, and he just goes, nah, <laughs> it just steamrolls
0: everyone. It's the unbelievable. only five
1: people on side are the five people that Ben Kennedy ran over. It's on fifth, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's on fifth yeah. tackle, too, which is good.
1: Yeah, I like yeah. well, yeah. If you've got a BK at dummy half, you're running. You know, I don't think he's entitled to pass to someone else with Joey playing no. the ball, but case entitled to think he doesn't need to pass to anyone doesn't else. Doesn't need
0: to pass it, it's yeah. I, the thing about it, there's a wonderful moment after this where <laughs> I used to love David Middleton weighing in with stupid stats during games. They don't yeah. do it anymore. And Rabs, yeah. I think it's Rabs or someone, says David Middleton has just informed me that no team has lost a grand final from this position, which just, <laughs> it's 24-0. Yeah. Like, you think, do you think at that point, if someone's lo- if someone had lost, I think everyone would know that that had happened at some point in history. If someone had twenty four nil and come back, that would have been talked about every week forever.
1: Yeah, and it just it doesn't. It's <laughs> sometimes you don't need a statistic to say show that something's um, remarkable. Abnormal, like, yeah, yeah, like the fact that it's unlikely for Parramatta to win this game doesn't require statistical explanation. At this point, uh, you know what I mean. Like it's sort of like if someone scores off the first kickoff, going like, I'm informed that's one of the quickest tries ever or something like it. Everyone will know that by virtue of just that it's (laughs) 24-0. It's um, it's very, very funny.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's right. And then there is a moment just after this, uh, there's a break. They make a break through Jason Moody, who shows real speed. There's no sign at this point. And I know there's been a lot of Cessna going as content in this program, but there's no sign at this point that two years later, Jason Moody will be having a very interrupted season as the marquee signing for the Cessnock Goaners, because he's in a grand final showing real speed here and real athleticism. He makes this break down the right. He finds PJ Marsh and Joey just desperately dives with his right arm like he's spoiling in an AFL game and slaps the ball down uh, and slows everything down. Parramatta, um, they should score from this, but they slow it down. They make the tackle. And then a couple of plays later, they spread it out wide and Gidley and Rudder bundle poor old Luke Burt out into touch Uh, they go to the half Parramatta having made nine errors Newcastle go to the half having made one there's a forward pass uh, about five minutes to half time uh, that is the only mistake they made in the first half, they gave away a couple of penalties as well but um, that moment as well, like it just everything, and this is what I mean about me being sort of nine or ten watching this everything went right
1: yeah yeah, it did. and and
0: Even when it went that, wrong, it went right. Yeah.
1: That play by Joey was, was fairly typical. He was such a competitor. He never took a play off. There was never... Uh, it's one of the reasons his body broke is he was in everything all the time. He's chasing back and cover. You know, they pass past him. They probably would have scored under the post. And he's desperately launching backwards to touch it. Um, and I should have mentioned that play about Rudder in his talk. I forgot to. Um, mm. Rudder starts this play. So to give you guys an idea... Um, the winger gets bundled out right at the corner post. Like, it's one of those things where you spread it and the winger goes for the corner and they bundle him out at the corner post. Yeah. I, I, can, I, I, I paused that play and had a look. Sean Rudder is under the goal post when they start yeah. that spread. So they spread the ball from under the goal post. He's under the goal post. And he crosses all the way across the field to where Bert is, who's Matt Gidley is coming across and and has one-on-one. And Rudder's the second man there and they bundle him out. Stuff like that is just... Especially yeah. at that scoreline. It'd be so easy to turn off. But stuff like that just can't be overstated. You know, like that's just, you don't have to be there. And no one would have noticed if he wasn't.
0: No, that's it, right. No one not at noticed. that point. That's right. No one would have said yeah.
1: anything. That, it, in any game, no one, no one would have paused that video in any game and said, why didn't you run from the goalpost? Because it's, it's the old James Graham thing, you know? Like mm-hmm. nobody would have said, why haven't you done this? Like, why haven't you chased that that's wing? It. you're not going to catch and kept yeah. him out wide and all that stuff? It's just, it, it, it it's just a sign. And Rudders right, there's a lot of credit on, on that play.
0: Yeah, it's, um, do you think, I mean, was it, was it Andrew Moore who said a couple of weeks ago that this is the best half yep. football he's ever seen? Yeah. Um, yep. it's, it's a fairly strong case, isn't it? I mean, like, because just the kind of one mistake, they give away a few penalties. Like, it is, it's stunning. <laughs> it's like in a grand final, given the context, given the situation, um, yep. it, it's, you know, it's a pointless argument, but it is, a, the case is fairly good.
1: It's the best half of football in a game of consequence. It's stupid to say the best half of football ever. Like yeah, it, yeah, but like in, in the context. In like a game that mattered, yeah. in a game that was of consequence, like a state of origin or a semifinal or a grand final or a semi final that was supposed to be close, you know, like yeah. in a game where you go in thinking this is a really important game and it really matters, it's the best half of football that, that someone's put on. It's the best half in a grand final that, that I've ever seen. Um, high-level players performing at their best, all yeah. of them. You the know,
0: um, everybody. On, yep. It feels as though everybody yep. in the Newcastle side is playing as well as they could possibly play.
1: Um, apart from Andrew, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> apart from the best player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah that's right. Uh, four penalties to but, one, Parramatta in the first half, but nine errors to one. So, Parramatta, 21 sets, uh, 11 complete. Newcastle, 21 sets, 20 complete. Yeah, that's
1: uh, 173
0: right. tackles to 100. And Michael, just to give you an idea of how much ball Newcastle had, Michael Butner made 25 tackles.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, I, look, I think the, I, my, what I want to talk about, having looked at those statistics, I think, is I think what we've got to do is, I think it's a good time to answer the question, did Parramatta bottle this? Because I've, yeah, sure. I've got a view. Um, I'm just going to put it, nail it straight to the mask. I don't think they did. I think, I think the narrative that they did is really unfair. I, I, I look at this game, I know they made errors, but they made errors because they fell behind and were trying to catch up and stuff. I look at this game, I think Newcastle blew them off the park. Uh, I watched the interviews at the end of the game and a similar thing was said. A few guys went, oh, what do you think you guys got wrong in the first half? Brian Smith, Brett Hodgson and someone else all said, I don't know that we did. They just blew mm. us off the park. And and. I tend to agree with that. I think we've talked about how good, if you look in hindsight, Newcastle's side was compared to theirs. So I think um, whilst they were entitled to be favourites on that season, if you look back now, I think you've got to admit that that side that Newcastle had could beat them. And I just want to, I suppose, what I've gone and done is gone and had a look at Newcastle's tendency to do this for you. Yeah. yeah. So what I've got is, um, if you look at 2000 to 2002, um, over those three seasons, there was probably a couple of really good sides. So, there was Parramatta, who made, two, you know, made a prelim in 2000 and were the best team ever in 2001. Mm. Then you've got East, who made the 2000 um, grand final, won it in 2002 and, and made the finals in oh one. And you've got Brisbane, you know, who prelim mm. and, and obviously first. So, across that season, Newcastle, across 2000 to 2002, the Knights put 40 points on the Roosters twice. 2000 and 2001, including in a semi, they put 40 points on Brisbane in 2001 and 2002. And I didn't look up Parramatta in other years, but they put 32 on Parramatta in a game that season. So what I guess I'm saying is, is that this team that Newcastle had across these two, two to three seasons actually did this to the other best teams in the competition relatively often, Um, you know, in, in, six game against East, sorry, five games against East, they put 40 on them twice. They put, they played Brisbane six times and put 40 on them twice. And that year they put 32 on Parramatta. So they, they were blowing the other best teams off the competition off the park. Sometimes. And they lost games to all those teams, keep in mind. I'm not saying there was a better team than them by a country mile, but what they were was a team that could show up on the day to the other best teams in the comp and blow them off the park. You could get quite unlucky with Mm. playing them on the wrong day. And I just, my personal view is Parramatta got really unlucky. They got them on a day, not just when they were going to be on, but when they were always going to be on. After what happened in 2000, this team was always going to show up this day. And when they showed up in this mood, they did this to the other great teams of the era.
0: Yep. I think that's entirely fair. Uh, I think it's very unfair on Parramatta to say that they they choked. Yeah. I mean, they got they sort of they got the wobbles fairly badly when it all started. Um, but at, by that point, twelve eighteen nil in the grand final, they start chucking the ball around and losing their heads a bit. But there's not many sides in history that wouldn't have um, at that no. point. I it, it, that's I think that's fairly normal. Um, yeah, but I, I think you're right i agree
1: i just think that narrative's built because there's been interviews and and you get these stupid narratives where mark hughes or someone will say oh we we thought they were too uptight at the midweek oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. breakfast and these stories just build on themselves and what, what stories like that are just nonsense we get them in every <laughs> game is what you what you get is <clears throat> after an event people start putting meaning into meaningless stuff that happened and i've heard nathan highmarsh just say that was just rubbish like it's whatever we just got beat but we weren't beaten before the game we weren't too tense yeah, and, yeah. and I, I agree you get that all the time I like, you get after Joey comes back in 05 and wins origin, you get Trent Barrett going off. And the moment he came into camp, we just knew he just <laughs> turned it on, but that's what happens. That's yeah, what, and that's, that's fine. That's journalism. That's what, but these narratives just get built after the event. You start expo- using events beforehand to explain them. And, and that, It has no basis in reality. You can be uptight and tense at the grand final week and and win. And I I wonder how many times in history someone thought, oh, they look tense on the Wednesday, but you never hear about it again because they won the grand final. It's just, it's meaningless. And I think the real story is that a team, Newcastle were a flighty, a great side, but a flighty side. And they could get beat by 30 or win by 30. And they could beat the best teams by 30 or lose by 30. And this game, they showed up and played their best football, which was proven over that three-year period to be, if they did that, far too good for even the other best teams that were going yep. around. Now
0: they That's lost to those
1: teams plenty of times as well, but this was their day, not Parramatta's fault. And I absolve Parramatta largely of the choking tag in this.
0: Game. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm I'm totally with you. Uh, the 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 other thing we need to resolve is whether Parramatta really like came back and whether they could have won the game. Yep. I'll take you through the the second half briefly, um, or at least the major events of the second half. There are actually. Mm-hmm. Um, There are a couple of very dramatic... Before Parramatta even have a chance to get back into the game, uh, about 15 minutes into the second half, Steve Simpson is dramatically held up. But you've got Bill Harrigan's a pillock, by the way. Well, like... So, so, yeah, right. So, we'll just... There's a couple of things about Bill Harrigan. First of all, he calls... Very early in the second half, he calls a total phantom knock-on against against McDougal and Badiris. Like, it's just... There's no knock-on there, and he just blows up. No, no, he touched it. He touched it, right? That's the first thing. Second thing, 14th minute of the second half, Steve Simpson's put over and, with no, and, and it's very, very close. And I watched all of the replays and I don't know. And Bill Harrigan calls it live and just goes, no, no, it held up. We're not going to the video. And calls the famous and one of the worst rugby league rules ever, the 10-metre scrum to the attacking team. Um, why did he do that? Why, did he well, go, why didn't he go to the video?
1: I think you've left out the key point of that. He was um, nearly under the goalpost and this try was scored at about the centre position, yeah, at yeah. about right centre. Yeah. Simpson goes through He's a hole at about, uh, about right centre. I reckon Bill, Bill Harrigan's 30 metres from this. I, I'm, I'm going to find and screenshot this because there's a view of how far away he is and I want people to understand how far away he was. He's about 30 metres from the play and he goes, no, nah, no, nah. he, got, he got dragged up after he got over the line. And when you watch the replay... I, th- this is my take. It was hard because because we didn't get a video ref replay. We had to go with the the Channel 9 replays, which they showed, but not like they do now. They just showed a couple and moved on. I would say it's 50-50 as to whether this grazed the grass or to whether it was one centimetre up off the grass. It was yeah. no further yeah. than one centimetre incredibly up off close. the grass. It's an incredibly close call. He's 30 metres away and the touch judge isn't in the in goal. The touch judge is still in the field of play when Simpson goes over, so he hasn't got a view. Harrigan is... 30 metres away, he blows it live. Um, after he does it, Ray and Sturlow say they think he scored. So Ray Warren and yeah. Sturlow go, well, Fatty goes, oh, he might just be right. And Ray and Sturlow go, oh, I think he scored. And then they go, geez, why wouldn't he have a look? Why would you have this and not look at it? And uh, look, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm just going to give you my live notes. I, I watched this at six o'clock in the morning uh, on a work yeah. day. <clears> yeah,
0: okay. I look forward to this. Okay. Keeping it's in mind pathetic- yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: It's a pathetic, egotistical decision. It's a disgrace, and he should never have been given another grand final.
0: Yeah, I think we can leave it at that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just, yeah, I think that's entirely fair. He, um, yeah. He just no reason no sort of to check it. It's just the sort of thing he used to do. He just thought it was too yeah. good for it. And the, the funny thing about this is that he then checks the next one, which is obviously not a try, a minute later, mm. where Davis grounds the ball on Nathan Homarsh's leg and the ball spews out, and there's no suggestion that it's a try. He looks at that, but he doesn't look at a thing that's a centimetre at best off the ground from... uh, from He's standing and I just want to make fight. the
1: point if anyone watches this and wants to tell us it was a no try that's fine that's, that's not fine. the point um it, it's not the point my point is it's super close I'm not sure I watched five replays and I went back to watch them again and I'm not sure it's a 50 50 call and he's 30 meters away from it it does not matter whether it was or it wasn't there is no reason not to check it in fact there's an excellent reason to check it he's nowhere near it
0: he it makes me so angry. I, I forgot yeah. how much I didn't like him until I started watching these old games. And I've really been reminded. Not Yeah, yeah anyway.
1: It's the downside of the project, isn't it? It is yeah. the
0: downside. Of the, but you see these people from history, here. with like, oh, you again, you know? And he's one yeah. of them. Uh, now, events of the second half. Other than that, Brett Hodgson finally scores in the 58th minute. Uh, and it feels like a bit of an afterthought. It's PJ Marsh out of dummy half. He finds uh, Andrew Ryan. He offloads to Hodgson. He gets down low sort of from about the halfway line and slides over the line. Uh, Burt kicks the goal 24-6. Why is Luke Burt kicking the goals, I hear you ask? Because Brian Smith has benched his halfback in the grand final at 24 nil down. Um, Jason Taylor's on the bench uh, in his last first-grade game. Uh, more on that later. Uh, John's attempts, his first field goal attempt unsuccessfully at the 60th minute. Gus goes on with his usual nonsense about how that's a mark that you're going to defend your lead and that you think 25 is enough to win, which he did every time anyone took a field goal at any time other than in the last 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But said which it like which by the way, 25 would have been enough to win.
0: Just that's right. God. Just <laughs> quite like, but like he, he used to say this every time, like it was for the first time. I just yep. think that signals an end to your scoring. It signals that you're not trying to score anymore, anyone.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Not to mention that Newcastle, they, he calls them having packed up and they do scores like sort of very soon after this. Four minutes after um, this, yeah. If I can take you back, I'm sorry to go back on this, but I yeah. just can't let the show go without, you've mentioned Brett Hodgson. Um, we're famous on this show for, for lookalikes such as Josh Hannay and, and Simon yes. and Kaddish. Um, if Brett Hodgson is not uh, slim, shady M&M at that, like him, at that point, if that's oh, if he is not so Eminem, Slim Shady, and uh, no, seriously, you go you to yeah. go him up, but we got that. that it is an absolute. We'll no, no, rip up. It's on, a we'll, put,
0: we'll put that up on Facebook through the week. I'm going to need photos. Absolutely rip up on
1: that one. Not when he's not when he's older. At the
0: time, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll have a look. You're going to have to present some evidence to that one. I'm not. I'm prima I'm prima facie not convinced. Um, Yeah, well, you're wrong. (laughs) As ever. The 64th minute, uh, Tamata Tahu scores. It's an enormous towering bomb from 30 metres out. Burt sort of stands there and watches it bounce. I took great gratification from some of Luke Burt's mishaps in this game. He's one of the players from Parramatta who used to really aggravate me. Um, Parramatta had this habit of really celebrating blokes that we weren't much good. Uh, Luke Burt really wronged the Knights a couple of times, kicked that stupid field goal in 2009. Scored a really mm. stupid try at the death to win when they were terrible in 2004. Um, he, yeah, he, he was... I, I couldn't stand him, and I was glad to watch him completely botch this. I, mean, I'm sure I think he's it's probably, a very
1: niche view, can I make the point? I think it absolutely like most is. people... He's, he's, he's probably quite kind of a nice look, bloke. I, was just, I think he was just a good, dependable first-grade Yeah, player. no, he, might, he, he really... Something I I no about problem. him
0: really annoyed me. Um, you know, you get those sets on players. Yeah. Um, yeah. They talk in this about... So, Tahu scores, and it's a really good put-down. He's very athletic. Sterling starts talking about how Tomana Tahu had to have surgery because he's, mm. he has a thing called containment syndrome where his calves Co- grew too big compartment for his, mm. Compartment syndrome where his mm. calves got too big for his skin. He had to have a bit of his calves like mm. cut off. Mm. What?
1: I've had that. Yeah, he did. I, I've seen the surgery photos. So when I went to get mine done, the doctor just so you' his had photos to do up. This. Yeah, yeah, and the, when the doctor How old
0: were you when up. you had this? In? When did this happen?
1: Uh, 20 or something. Um, I ended up having less invasive surgery than him. But yeah, so what happens when you exercise, the muscle swells up and it can't fit in there anymore and it cuts the blood supply off? Yeah, so you like, this is i don't know so, um, this has
0: never happened to me yeah, yeah
1: well it doesn't happen to everyone but if you've got it like your muscles swell up and then they cut sort of the blood supply off so you get no blood supply when you're going and you, you can't get running but he did because i've seen the i don't know if i'm revealing on air something i shouldn't about confidentiality but when i was going to get this done the doctor was like hey and he's pulled these photos up mid-surgery of someone's shins open like sliced ah. open at the cut with the muscle coming out and was like that's tamana's surgery <laughs>
0: no crushed. no warning It's really good from, the, that's good from the it's good from the Doctor, yeah, because well, I didn't um, ask, but um, no, well, you, you couldn't see who
1: it was, but it might not be Tamana, but they were big shins, so yeah, uh, it may well have been. But yeah. he, um, this is can I just say this is another odd one? It was a, a try and it was right decision in the end, but. To, like close. They kick into space, it, it bounces up in the air, Tamana, it hits Tamana's hand and goes forward and there's a collision of bodies and then he regathers it and puts it down a centimetre in. Um, I don't understand why you wouldn't check whether there was a knock on when he bats it forward. It wasn't, but why you wouldn't check that and when he then puts it in a centimetre inside the, the, the sideline. It was nowhere near as bad as the Simpson one, but yeah. I'm not, just not really sure why you wouldn't check it, that's all.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it was very odd. Um, and, and it was very close But it was a great piece of finishing from Tamana Tahu mm. uh, Now, we're going to run through the last few minutes quickly the, So it's 24 six, uh, Sorry, it's 28-6 at this point With 15 minutes to go uh, They call that pretty much as the sealer And understandably so Para decide to take the short kick off They get it back and they score uh, McDougal kind of slightly kind of botches a kick It's, it's sort of over his shoulder, over his head uh, This is a very odd try uh, Jamie Long terrible call Touches the ball a number of times in various directions and then finally plants it down and they award it. Um, it, it they, look at, they look at this a lot and it's, it's just very strange. And they finally award it. Uh, and it's 28-12 when Burt kicks the goal.
1: It's a knock um, on. It's a, t- it's a really bad decision. Been yeah. Years, right? he, he dives so. at the ball. It hits his right arm and goes forward. It hits his chest and goes forward. It hits his left arm and bounces. And then he places the ball. Now it's hit every part of his body and bounced forward several times. And they keep saying stuff like wasn't playing at the ball. He's trying to ground the ball in the inkle goal. Of course he's playing at the ball. And it, it, it's, there was about th- at least two knock-ons in that. It's a really, really bad decision. They look at mm. it. They-, they had a phase of this. They're getting a little bit better at it now. They make mistakes now, but they had a real phase of you get a decision where if you've got 10 blokes in the pub, right, then nine of them would say that's a knock-on. And what they yeah. would do is instead of ruling on it the first or second look and saying you a knock-on. Themselves,
0: talk themselves yep. into it.
1: They'd have 20 looks at it and have this legalized way of then talking themselves into sort of arguing that it wasn't somehow by mm. some rule in the book. When, when If you just got everyone around and looked at it, everyone would tell you that was a knock-on if you follow footy.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. It, is, it was a really strange call. It was a strange incident. Very long video ref delays in this game. There were a few of them. Um, so it's twenty eight twelve at this point. Um, and then <clears throat> Brad Drew, as he was wont to do from time to time, he did have a bit of form in this area, uh, takes a short dropout a few minutes later, which goes eight metres and into touch, uh, which really brought back memories of his, of the greatest line dropout ever taken, uh, which of course went backwards and went dead in goal. Uh, Johns kicks a penalty from in front and it's 30 to 18. Sterlo says, are oh, the field goals on now? So they weren't keen on the field goal <laughs> with 20 to go, but at 30 to at 18, in the same front, gap. 18 yeah. in front with 10 minutes to go, they should be looking for the one. Um, Johns then misses another field goal. And then Jamie Lyon scores in the 73rd minute. And it's Marsh again from Dummy Half. Quite a low key, quite a good game in a grand final here. PJ Marsh gets out of Dummy Half, finds, makes a half break, and finds Lyon back inside. Uh, Mark Hughes, for some reason, tries to shoulder charge Jamie Lyon up in the <laughs> well, line. That was
1: his game, for Mark Everybody's Hughes. <laughs>
0: exactly having yeah. the what did they say in that uh, in the preview for the 97 grand final? Mark Hughes shoulders like a brown snake. Um, yeah. So, so he tries to shoulder charge him. Uh, Lion goes through and scores Burt kicks the goal for 30-18 to 18. Uh, so then they're 12 but they're two clear tries behind with 7 minutes to go then nothing really happens uh, and they score again in the 79th minute Brad Drew this time from dummy half jumps out from dummy half the ball kind of spews backwards and Hodgson slides over and they kick the goal to go to 30-24 to 24 with 25 seconds to go Parramatta take a hit up and then spread the ball, and then they're bundled into touch, and Newcastle have won the grand final. That I never really, watching this, I don't remember being stressed during the second half. I remember thinking that it was tarnishing the result, but I don't ever remember thinking the result was in doubt. And watching this again, while objectively there was a 20-second window in this game where they were one try behind in possession of the ball, I ne- it still never felt like it was a proper... It was a real comeback. It felt like a series of consolation tries. Yeah, it
1: was. Um, I reject the narrative that they came back. I, I, I'm debunking that one, that it was a comeback or that it was a game of two halves. It, look, the, this is a grand final where one team was up 24-0. It was, uh, Parramatta was still on zero with 22 minutes left. Like yeah. that, that, that's the state of the game. When it got to 24-6, when they scored, Newcastle immediately went to 28-12. Yeah. Um, like, sorry, it got to twenty-four-six. They go twenty-eight-twelve at the sort of a it, try for try, and then they go to thirty to twelve. Um, sorry, it's thirty to six, isn't it? But it gets it's to
0: twenty-eight-six. Yeah, it gets to twenty-eight-six. Yeah, yeah 28
1: Yeah, thirty to twelve. Um, it they only get to two tries behind, so they only get within twelve points of tying the game in the seventy-second minute yeah so there's no possibility at all of winning when you 're eighteen behind, so until that point there's nothing and then with twelve points behind, you go well, they 've got to score immediately they don't they don 't look like scoring, and they score to, they score to get within one try with one minute and five seconds left. that's when the clock yeah. stops for, yeah, for a it's try. Not... Yeah. The, yeah, so and then a slide on yeah.
0: them. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, no. it's a really difficult comeback. I'm not bagging Parramatta for this, but if there is a narrative out there that they made a game of it in the second half and could have won, um, I think that's I think that's fairly spurious.
1: Um, oh, it was over. They never looked like it. Their heads were down the whole time. You're right. Uh, it's a series of consolation tries, and there's, as you say, there's a 20 second. By the time the kickoff happens, there's basically two or three plays where they had the capacity to go 95 meters to take the game to extra time. That's the. I say they, that so that's happen. true? But
0: I think they went the right way about it by giving it to David Solomona to take a hit up. I think if anyone was yeah. going to set you on the path to 90 meters, I think that's the way to go.
1: Um, yeah, it was good to see David Solomona again. I love David Solomona.
0: Yeah, he didn't do a lot in the game, but it was it was good to see him. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Head two gra- two losing grand finals in a row for different clubs. Played for mm-hmm. played for the Roosters in in two thousand and lost, and then played for Parramatta in two thousand and one and lost. Um, yeah, it, but it is. I think that's right. It's um, there isn't any sense that there isn't any sense that they are launching a comeback either. They don't really celebrate the tries overly much. Like it, it's. It's very much uh, the game. Really, fizzles. Actually, it's it, it's quite a. The second half is really lacking in excitement. The, the commentators are quite flat. You know, um, the, the para crowd It's very funny it a few times, but it's not. Yeah, it does kind of the game. The, this grand final is the first half. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. It's very funny you mentioned the commentators because they there was a wonderful era that this was a part of where they used to be under instruction to talk up comebacks when teams were yeah, behind yeah, yeah. so you get these manic things like Gus Gould who, who for all their problems with his personality is one of the sort of better football minds of his time saying like really bizarre things like he was like when it gets to 30 to 18 he's like well if you think about it you know if you think about it this way you know Newcastle got one lucky try off a kick in the second half and mm. if they didn't get and then a penalty goal off a kick you know that didn't go 10 and if you take those points out of it, it's 18-0 in the second half. And it's like, well, yeah, if you take the Newcastle's tries out of it, it sure is. (laughs) But (laughs) we don't do that. I mean, at the same time... If you take
0: all of Newcastle's tries, it's 18-0 altogether.
1: Yeah, and, like, it was just so funny because, like, one of Parramatta's tries was this clunky kick into space that they knocked on three times and they had 20 looks at. And he wants to leave that try on, but cancel out the Tahu
0: try. Which that you I just think is the other of thing. Scored. I think the nature of the yeah. tries also diminishes the comeback idea a little bit. I think it changes yeah. the food because they're such dozy. Some of the tries are so dozy. Like they're really, Yeah. the last one in particular is real rubbish. Like, and fair enough, but um it, it's not, there's no sense that they're really putting it on them here. They, they've come out with all these plays and who knows what they'll do off this. Like it's balls hitting the ground and being picked up and all this kind of thing. And it, yeah. yeah. And that's fine. Like it's not the narrative of the game. It doesn't need to be, but um I just... Uh, you no, know, there's I a narrative that they bottled
1: it and that they came back and they didn't bottle it and they, and didn't, they didn't come, come back. back. They it. just got yeah.
0: beaten yeah. quite badly yeah. by a side that was on fire. Uh, the tragic comedy of Jason Taylor in his last professional game, mm. <laughs> limbering up on the sideline to come back on with five to go, Brian Smith really, <laughs> it puts him back on at 30 to 18 with five minutes left in a grand final, having benched him in the early in the second half. It's just quite a—it's quite a tragicomic image of him, like having to really lurk the touchline to come back on. The absolute yeah. there's a real lot of indignity in that. Like he had an abnormally good season, two hundred like scored two hundred and sixty points, and sort of has to come back on to be there when the final whistle goes for them to lose a grand final they thought they were going to win. It seems a bit harsh.
1: It's the unfortunate tragic comedy and um, um, unfortunate sort of endings that plagued his career as a very good player. Is that yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah stuff like this happened in the spew out ball and the 97 pre like things just unfortunately happened to him that prevented him from winning a competition. Um, the other thing, the other thing that's quite funny about it Morgs, is that they took, they hook him at 24 um, nil. Yeah. Throw on three tries to get thirty to, to 18 and then and bring put him back, back on. on. Yeah. yeah. So it's really like, good. I mean, you hook, if you hooked him thinking that he was part of the problem and you'd be better with him off, then I don't know what you saw in the comeback that
0: <laughs> made no, you think that you
1: need to put him back on. It was quite back odd... on there.
0: Need to steady him. Yeah. We've laid a platform here. We need to steady him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It get, Start kicking into the corners again. Yeah, it was bizarre. Yeah,
1: it's a bit um, of mixed logic.
0: The, post, the post-game, the so post we are indebted to the NRL for uh, putting up not only the, the whole game, but the post-match celebrations, which allowed us to see the Rather rattling image of Mark Coyne doing on-field interviews. I can't remember Mark Coyne ever being a part of the Channel Nine team. No, no, pray he's no memory of, in Singapore. I have no memory of this at all. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that was that was a bit of fun. He, he interviews Adam McDougal, who says, and I quote: "I can't wait to get back to Newcastle and get on the drink with everyone." Yeah. Which yeah, I think good is chat that that is good. Uh, pre man shakes, pre man shakes. Well, that's right. You'd never get that sort of rubbish from the Mad Dog now. Uh, no. I thought Brian Smith was very was very gracious. Uh, I thought he was he very gracious about it. I, I know people, you know, I know Brian Smith mm. has his detractors, um, mm. including and, us, including us. But I but I I thought he was very nice about it and spoke quite kind of quite truthfully and fairly about the match. And there was no bitterness. He didn't try and absolve his himself or his players or anything. He just said, "Look, we Mate. just they played really well and they beat us." And you know. Um, He's very gracious. He was very good. Yeah, for someone who had lost a few, like he would have been entitled to really be spitting chips, Mm. but he wasn't. Uh, A couple of things about the presentation itself. Uh, Sturlow rolls out the old canard that you've, you know, maybe for Parramatta it is a case that you've got to lose one to win one. I never tire of that. Yeah, I never tire of that talk as the like the dismal consolation of a side that's just won the grand final. Um, Rabs, no, sorry, Fatty compares Paul Marquette. He says he's gone out like some of the greats, like Glenn Lazarus and Mel Meninga, um, which I thought (laughs) was good. That's really warming. That's really warming. (laughs) That was quite good, Uh, Paul Marquette. Uh, And wasn't it good to see Joyce Churchill? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. I, think, I just think you've overlooked one thing here. Yes. Um. I I remember them doing it that year because obviously there's a lot of people yes. involved as a Knights fan, but yes. what, what, that, there's only a very narrow window that they did that storm off into the stand thing for the presentation. Yeah,
0: that's right. I don't know what that was about. Um,
1: the, did they do that around? Was it only this year?
0: I think it might have been because it was like they tried to do the Wembley thing. The trouble was yeah. that they, they had all the dignitaries up in the grandstand, and the trophy was up in the grandstand, I think. But and like all the medals and stuff. But then they, yeah. like poor old Joey has to walk up the the stairs yeah. when he gets to Churchill. He's got to go up the stairs, surrounded by security and all those people clamoring at him. Then he has to go collect his medal. Then he has to come back down the stairs, do an interview at ground level with the bozo ground announcer, and then go back up the stairs again to collect the trophy. Yeah. So it's all very convoluted and needless. Yeah. but Terrible. Can I say, one of the quirks of being a rugby league fan born at the time we were is that we've seen a lot more of Joyce Churchill than we have of Clive Churchill. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have a great fondness for Joyce. I, I, I love seeing yeah, her every year. You know, Me too. But, um, but I just, it's a quirk of the game that we know a lot about Joyce. We've never seen any of Clive. But, no. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: can I put it to you? We're talking yes. about Joey going to collect his medal. Can I put it to you that no, I, I think you'll struggle to find anyone that's won the Clive Churchill medal with three missed field goals?
0: Yeah, yeah I think that's right.
1: Yeah. Any yeah. situation where you've had to take three field goals, if you've missed them all, you probably haven't been awarded the best player in the game. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just usually that would suggest you've had a bit of a field goal shootout of some kind. Yeah, close and you've game really something. botched
0: it. Yeah. It's miss,
1: missed them all? Yeah. 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 It's weird because he's quite a good all. kicker of field goals and he missed all of them. Yeah, yeah He, he hit them all pretty well too.
0: Yeah, they also, there was a wonderful moment in the second half where we're quite late, where they set up, they try and set up a field goal. And just before he's miss, they try and get Robbie O to take one, but somehow end up with Clint O'Brien at dummy half. <laughs> just like, <Yeah>. it just <laughs> shells it out the back to no one. <laughs> yeah. Clint O'Brien, of course, one of the rare players uh, with the the double of having played for the South Queensland Crushers and the Gold Coast Chargers in consecutive years. Um, oh, yeah. With quite a career, he, he's possibly the only person yeah. who's done that and won a grand final. But uh, anyway, we've
1: talked a lot about field goal setup and and yeah. criticised it before. Do you think that they would have practiced many where Clinton O'Brien went to dummy half? Like I don't think so. Clinton
0: O'Brien dummy half passing to Robbie O'Davis. I don't think was part of the program. Yeah. It sounds um, like the,
1: plan plan about X or Y. Q, yeah, <laughs> the list, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's right.
0: Um Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, that's and that's the game. And and uh, after this season, Parramatta finished sixth. And went out in the first week and then finished ninth and then twelfth. That the dynasty kind of thing that was supposed to happen that you might have expected from a side that was this good, even if they didn't win this grand final, you might have expected that they were going to be good for a long time now. And have a lot of and, they and, had and, been good. and yeah. have success. they had been good up to now. This was like they'd really peaked in this year, but they didn't win and it didn't really ever it didn't get better from there. It, it, no. Yeah, it fell away quite badly for a couple of years after this game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Look, it's the story of their their time in the competition since then. I know they had a good run to that point of a lot of prelims. But since this grand final, the the story has very much been a year like this where they're really good. Not always a grand final, but a year where they're in the top four or they're in the deep in the semis or in the grand mm. final. And then a lot of they don't tend to have another good year. They tend to have two or three downs and come back for one. They've never really since this year ever put a consistent run of being good, good, good for a couple of years together. And and yeah. that's probably why they've never won one. Because if you look at the clubs that do, you just tend to, if you're in the top four or top six for five years, you just hope one of the years it comes together. Like yeah, one just year, get them just one everything, year. everything mm-hmm. clicks and you're playing well at the right and time. Yeah. 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 And if yeah, you're just going to make it once every four years, you it, it just... Little things happen like you run into Andrew John's, and then in 09 you run into the cheating storm, and you know, yeah. you can just it, someone's hurt at the wrong time. I if
0: you, run into, um, you run into the, the cowboys on first, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 Anyway, it's uh, yeah, that but I, I very much enjoyed watching this. Is there you wanted yeah. I think you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about the knights of this era, which I realize we haven't done a lot of. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not complain about this podcast. We haven't talked about the Knights enough, but if you've got any final thoughts, mm. hit me.
1: Yeah, look, I'll, I'll just finish. I'll just say, I think that this era was whilst Parramatta didn't kick on with it. It was, there's probably a, a, I lament, this is the period I look back on whilst it's my most fond memories about 2000 to 2003. I think there's just a hint that Newcastle by circumstance were robbed of a chance to be a, a dynasty team. And um, Andrew Jones is rightfully remembered by serious judges as the best player ever, but a few things that happened, he just robbed the record of showing that a bit clearer. Um, mm. and, and, and what I mean by this is that in two, from 2000 to 2003 was the peak of the Knights project. Uh, they blew the prelim in 2000. And I mean, that's on them at the end of the day. Um, yeah. they, they would have had a grand final that they would have had a chance of winning. That would have been the match. Everyone wanted to see the, the 2000 Broncos and the 2000 ish Knights. Yeah. Um, in 2001 they win the competition as they, they probably should have if you look on paper and, and and I suppose I just want to talk about what happens next. So 2002, Joe, Joey's at the peak of his career at this point. He's now the best player in the world. There was opposition coaches started to call him the god of football and stuff. I'm not mucking around. That was said by Andrew Farrar and stuff like that. It was just, he was pretty much immortalized at this point. And anyway, in 2002, there was a couple of really good sides, mainly the, the Bulldogs that Uh, If I remember, they cheated the salary cap. So the Bulldogs were kicked out, but the Bulldogs won 17 games in a row. And what I just want to put to you, to give you an idea of how good Newcastle were in 2001, 2002, um, the Bulldogs won 17 games in a row. The only game in that where it was really put on them under the gun was Newcastle lost to them by a point. Um, in typical Newcastle fashion, they were up 18-0 in that game and lost by a point. So it's not a memory I look well, on with much fondness.
0: But 19-0 and took the field goal to sorry, see, well, yeah. the end of the scoring. So this was the yeah. Gus theory. This First was, half field goal, though. This was, was the zenith of the. Goal. This was the zenith of the Gus concept of the the, yeah. the dodgy field goal to, to like to declare the yeah. end closed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the only the only counter I have to that is I just think like. End of first half field goal is always on. So always. I, I, just I love it. It's not a signal. It's, a, it's just a, it, you've got to. More teams should take it. But, mm. yeah, so they, they got up 19-0 against a team that won 17 in a row in the middle of that 17 in a row. And they came storming back and they, they got beat by, you know, Haslam kicking a goal from the sideline. So I, I make that point to say there was a team that was cheating the salary cap by a million bucks that won 17 in a row and Newcastle were about level with them. Um, on the day. And in that season, Newcastle end up with 38 points. They finish second on four and, a, uh, four and against, but they, they finish equal first. Um, yeah. in, in the first week of the finals, they're up 12-0 in about the 10th, 15th minute, and Andrew Johns broke his back yeah. um, and goes out. And look, that just hurts me so much to say. They only lost 26-22, I might add. But it, Joey breaks his back and that... So they finished equal first. They managed to basically toe-to-toe a team that, that won 17 in a row. And the team that eventually wins the comp came fourth in the Roosters. And not only did they come fourth, they, like, they came fourth and they played the grand final against the Warriors, who, yes, I know finished first, but I just would have liked us on the Warriors <laughs> in a yeah. grand final if we'd finished second they'd gone through and got New Zealand in the grand final. Um, I, I just think... That's a, that was a really good chance to go back-to-back. Back. I'm not going to sit there and say they would have. I'll only say they were up 12 nil in 10 minutes into a, into a semi. Joey had set up both the tries. He was at the peak of his powers, and we were robbed of an opportunity. Um, they then, I, you know, they, they beat that year. They put 28-12 on the Roosters and 40-12 on the Broncos, just to give you a guide. So the Roosters yeah. won the comp. The Knights beat them 28-12 in the regular season. They beat Brisbane 40-12, and they just never got that chance to shoot out and defend that title. Um,
0: Yeah. And from there, oh no, well, i was just going to say from there, he, so after this grand final in 2001, Joey only plays three games in the finals ever again.
1: Yeah. The one in
0: 2002 where he breaks his back and then two in 2006. That's right. Yeah. And that's,
1: that's, yeah, and That's, again, a consequence. So the important point's not that that happened. That, I mean, that's true, but it's why. It's that yeah. he breaks his back in this semi and then doesn't play the rest of the series, obviously. He comes back in 2003 and has a serious neck injury with three rounds left. We weren't having a great season, but we were in the top eight. So, I'm going to sit here and say we're going to win the comp in 03. I, I'll nail my bias colours and say I think we would have in 2002, but 2003 would have been in the finals. We don't get Joey to play in that. He's out with a serious neck injury. Um, and, you know, we, we're robbed of a chance to play in them. In 2004, he does his ACL in the first couple of weeks by the time he plays another full season um, in 2005 is the first time we get him we get him for about 16 games maybe something like that yeah. um, by the time he plays that season where we get him for three quarters of a year again the Knights don't have Ben Kennedy the Knights don't have Robbie O'Davis the Knights don't have Tamanatahu. Tahu And the Knights don't have Adam McDougal. So this window, there was still a reasonable side. And in 2006, (laughs) we go back to the finals with Joey and he has a bit of a a last stand. He has a very good game in the first week in a comeback against Manly. But it's against Ben Kennedy. And that's the thing is that this window from 2000 to 2003 is open with O'Davis, Badaris, Kennedy, Simpson, Tahu, Gillian. You can't keep those teams together. And we just lost Andrew for two out of four years and the last two after we won the comp when he was at absolute peak, we lost him and we lost him in a year that I think would have won it and we lost him in another year. And by the time he comes back, those guys aren't there. Robbio's retired. Yeah, Kennedy's suddenly, had to move on for salary cut. Tamana's really, not there.
0: Yeah, and suddenly he's really carrying a, a bit of a spare part kinda of like by two thousand and six, I they they finished fourth and they're a decent side. But they um you know there were guys in there who certainly wouldn't have made the 2001 side for example it was a different it was a bit It was a bit cobbled together
1: well, yeah you had guys battlers like david c just playing instead of Robbie O'Davis at those sorts of stages, and you yeah. have centres, like they were playing guys that got runs around that time where you, Craig Hall's got games, you Trent Sal Keld's got games, yeah, um, guys George Carmont's got games. And when we had this team before, that's that's Tamana when you take Tamana and Mac, sorry, Tamana and Adam McDougall out and replace them with guys that you've picked up from the Newcastle League, um, who would who. who it played well and and full credit to them. I just mean that we lost, they lost Andrew for a couple of years when he was at his absolute best. And when they had the ingredients around them to really push a dynasty. And I, what I, what I lament is I, you know, I'm not going to insult other fans and say, well, Newcastle definitely would have won those competitions, but we were just robbed of an opportunity to push with that team and make, be a Broncos or a Roosters or a Storm we were good enough to do that and we didn't get the opportunity through. And it's not the fault of what we did. It's the fault of just bad luck that Joey wasn't available for those games. And, and that's one thing now that I lament when young people look back on the record and go, well, Kronk won this many comps or Thurston won this many Dally M's. Joey was winning these and, and out mm. in his peak years when he could have had the team that won more comps. He played football at a level that I've never seen anyone play. And I would have just loved that if the history books could have shown with just another comp or another medal that he, I believe he would have got. And I don't know. If we hadn't have won them because we got beat, I'd have just sleep better. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. It, it
1: would hurt more. But I, I just don't sleep well knowing we didn't get to play. I was in about to say, with him.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I was about to say, the words on that I was forming in my mouth were, "These are the things that keep Gazzy awake at night." And then you said it for me, and now I don't have to. Um, but these are the things that keep you awake at night. And I, I agree with you. I mean, it, you know, as a nice supporter, it, that year it does feel a bit soured because they, you know, it felt like it was on in '02, and it doesn't happen, and you know. Joey had some some nasty injuries, and then he he doesn't play. And uh, yeah, absolutely, they could have as as good as it was. It could it could have been better. But um, thank God for this game. Thank God for That's the two thousand and one right. grand final, which yeah. is the kind of the uh, it, it's yeah, it's the kind of the 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 day that every that every fan wants to have one of you know where just everything goes right it's very different to this this grand file is very different to 97 it's not dramatic and it's not it's not thrilling in the same way but in a different way it was it was it, it, it was almost just as thrilling because it, everything went right you got everything it was just that day where you wake up and get everything that you want um, <laughs> and it, you don't it get many. You're stressful. lucky if you get one of those
1: It was very special for us because um, I I was in about year three in 97 and Mm. I was there and it meant a lot to me, but you're young and your memories are a little hazy. Like I remember it. And I just remember going, go chief and go this guy. You don't really know what it means at seven. You're just excited that they won this team. Looking back on this game, Watching this, like, this was my team. This is a team you and I grew up with. The team yeah, we yeah, grew yeah. up with was, was Andrew Johns uh, uh, and, and Ben Kennedy and Steve Simpson and Robbie O'Davis and Tamana and Tari, Matt Gidley, yeah. Gidley McDougal, These This was the team that we grew up with. This was Newcastle's best ever team from 2000 to 2003. Yep. This was their best ever team. It's a team we grew, grew up with. Um, it's, and it was just, it's special that they won one it was yeah. special to watch them win it again and to remind yourself that they were every bit as good as you thought they were when you were 12 and you did just know a bit more when you were talking yeah, knowing when course. i was at the game i knew a bit more of how important it was to win a grand final and what it meant um and it's just i, I loved watching it I, I share i suppose at the time I never remember thinking they were going to lose even before the game. I know that sounds silly, but it never occurred to me that they
0: wouldn't win. Well, I've put put to you in the past that I I stand by that if they'd have got into the date, they would have beaten that Brisbane side in a grand final in 98 and would have been... You know, I'm doggedly still to this day. No, no, no. No, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I...
1: I, I think we'll get to this when we do a teams thing. I think this team could have beaten the two thousand Bron- I think they're better. Ninety eight I, I got questions on, but I know what you mean. That there's a thought and yeah. I was right on board with this by two thousand and one was that having Andrew Johns and the players he had around him, I went into that week going, God, it's gonna be fun to watch them beat Parramatta in the grand final. It did not enter my mind. There was no <laughs> I wasn't nervous. I wasn't uh, worried. I was just like, We're gonna go and watch Joey. I didn't think they were gonna be up twenty four nil at half time, but I just remember thinking how good, you know, like this yeah. is we're gonna go refuse. watch Joey. I yeah. can
0: tell you that for some reason, as a result of this game, I refused to wear blue and blue and yellow for about a year. Good, good. Yeah, just in, on yeah. principle. I don't really know why. But, like, mum would try and buy me things that had blue and yellow on them. No, 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 no Parramatta, I don't yeah. know. Not for me. Well,
1: yeah. as I've told you before, I actually in the grand final week at primary school, I won the cheerleading contest. They mm. said put up a you know best cheerleading in the school, and I put up a John's the
0: halfback to Bob the builder. Jeez, can we sold. win it? Yes, we can. Yeah. I tell you what, there's a record that needs to be made. We yeah. everybody for some right. reason in my in my year three class at school, possibly because I was such an odious Newcastle Knights supporter, but there were quite there was this real Parramatta whip in the classroom. There's a lot of people, mm. despite being in Cessnock everybody was on para.
1: Yeah, no and the books.
0: great and one of the great laments of my life is that this match was played at the start. It was the like the the Monday holidays. after it was the start mm. of the school holidays. Because let me tell you something. I I would have gone back to school on the Monday and like I would have put the world to rights. I would have let everybody know exactly what mm. had happened the night before and made sure that they were fully aware um, of 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 what had gone on just as Their i own did. weakness. There were two yeah. occasions. there was also the this also happened after two thousand five and the, the, the Joey State of Origin miracle where I really like mm. turned up at Marybeth High School on the on the on the, the Thursday and like really let everyone know about it quite obnoxiously. Um, Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well. and that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. um I hope that uh, I hope that listeners at home have endured this uh, and and plausibly I suppose enjoyed uh, this nearly two <laughs> hours of you know, uh, just kind of partisan frothing about the Newcastle Knights and their 2001 grand final win. Um, I hope Parramatta fans don't feel too hard done, but I think we've been reasonably fair to, to what went on, um, albeit possibly in a self-serving way. But, um, but I, hope that, I hope that you've enjoyed <laughs> it. And I promise next week that the episode will possibly be a bit shorter and, uh, and a little bit less foaming. Gazzy, any final thoughts? No, loved it. Enjoyed it. Ben Kennedy should be an immortal. Can't wait to watch something next week. Thank you, listeners. Billy Peden should be an immortal as well. It's uh, Morgan Kendall and Luke Garrity signing off from the Rugby League Cemetery. The dearest John's up. There it is. Again. Simpson.
1: Well, what a start from Newcastle.